Who are you? He had a voice that could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Thursday, November 10th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you from the UofL College of Business Studios. On from 3 to 6 here, broadcasting live on 1450 AM, 961 FM, streaming all over the land. You know it better as the Big X. And I think a lot of people are tuning in today, which, by the way, I. Trevor had a little trouble logging into the Adobe, and like right when I saw him like, flustered behind the glass, I was like, "Well, t- I almost said something before the show. Like this is a a show people are going to want to listen to, heightened interest, larger audience. One of those days, really good days, really bad days. They bring out the biggest audiences, and I'm just assuming something's going to go horribly wrong. And so when I saw you flustered, I was like, "I should have texted you at 2:30. Me like, let's let's get in a little bit early today and just see what's going on. But we're here." Yeah, this, this is just a podcast thing, but we got it recorded. I logged into a different computer. I took care of it. We're good to go. We've, you know, it's, nobody's letting me know that the stream's down. Nobody's letting me know that 1450 sounds like goblins. Nobody's letting me know that 961, for some reason, is, you know, like broadcasting anti Semitic hate speech that somehow sounds like my voice. Like, that's not happening. We're good to go, which is a positive start today's show. Hey, at least somebody's good to go and coming through doing what we're supposed to do. Before we do anything, I gotta ask: How did the doctor's appointment go today? I'll talk. We'll talk about it a little bit. Okay, because yeah. I do want to know that. Yeah, that's, that's really I important. just realized I'm still wearing my hospital bracelet. Uh, <laughs> I woke up at like two ten. I've I am exhausted, but it's a big show. I've got a couple of days wearing one of those and forgotten yeah, I had it on. I just, I just now realized like, why do I still have this on. I got the patch where they had the IV hooked up too, still on. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that because there were some funny moments for this whole thing. But good, I could do some cheering up. We we will. We'll do that maybe second hour. But today, you can tell it's a big day because the text line. We already got like 15 people that are falling over themselves to try to get their points in before anybody else. Like 259 <laughs> before before we distracted by something. So I think a lot of people are tuning in and they're probably like, "How's he going to start the show today? What's he going? Is he going to try to make a joke? Is he going to just launch into a tirade? Is he more optimistic than we think he's going to be? So allow me to allow me to start with this. Can we all agree last night was better than the two exhibitions? Oh, God, yes. There's that, right? Yes. Better than the two exhibition games. Yeah. There are positives and negatives to last night. Progress. Positive. That's a positive. The negative? We lost. We lost at home <laughs> to a still transitioning school from the Atlantic Sun. The first the first half of the game, pretty much a negative. The first half of the and. Uh, a, a chunk of the second half. Yeah, the little, little there's a little stretch that we can get into that I want to talk about too. That that 
I had some issues with. But for yeah. sure, the, the way that I'd really want to start in actuality is, is is this, because I've been doing this now for 15 years. And when I say this, I mean covering U of L in some capacity. I've done the website since late 2006. I've been on radio on a near daily basis since 2015, weekly basis since like 2010, 2011. If you followed me for any amount of time, I'd like to believe that you have come away thinking like he's he's a pretty level-headed dude, like not one to to fire off hot takes, not one to to go off the rails in either a positive or a negative direction unless it's warranted. Like 2012-13 with the basketball team, I'm pretty high on that basketball team. I think they're going to win a national championship. Why? Because I thought they were had a really good shot to win a national championship. When things went poorly under Steve Kragthorpe, I was still green, definitely called a spade a spade, thought we needed to move on, uh, was willing to say it. When things were great with Charlie Strong, I was happy. Like, like that's the I, I operate with my within my normal emotions as a fan, and so I, I hope that people don't think that because we live in now this like this this weird situation here as Louisville fans, where I feel like we're still somehow as divided as we have been these last few years with the Kenny Payne thing because you've got a, a group of people that think he can do no wrong and a group of people that were against the hire and think he can do no right. And the the middle ground, I think that's where, I like to think that's where a majority of Louisville fans land as far as the, like, you can be critical and still optimistic and all that stuff, but apparently not because you just get attacked with everything. And so allow me to say this to start. I don't understand. There were positives from last night, and we're going to talk about them. But I'm not going to sit here and moral victory a home loss to Bellerman. I've been stunned by the amount of people that have been doing this. It doesn't mean that I want Kenny Payne fired or that I don't mean he can't be the guy here or that I don't even think that this season can wind up being something that looks successful five months from now. But to sit here and act like it's no small deal to get beat at home by a team, again, I feel like I'm going to have to say this a bunch of times, I love Scott, I love Doug, I love Bo Braden, I, I, I love the Bellerman staff. They're picked to finish. Bellerman alum. I'm a Bellerman alum. They're picked to finish sixth in the Atlantic Sun. That team should not come onto your home floor. I don't care how you look at exhibition games, and beat you. Not just beat you. Lead for 32 minutes of the game. They were clearly the better team. They deserved to win. Had we stolen that thing in the final minute, had Kamari Land shot gone or Roosevelt Wheelers put back on, it would have felt like stealing a win. I wouldn't have felt bad about it. I would have felt great about it, but it would have not felt like a deserved W. I cannot sit here and say, it's okay. It, that That's fine. I'm not worried about this season. Because it didn't really change my overall view of the season. If you've been listening to the show, you know like, I've not been doing the Pollyanna thing for the last two, three months. I've been hopeful, sure. But I've been saying, I think this is probably going to go poorly. And I've also been saying, I hope people are patient with Kenny Payne throughout this. Because this roster, hopefully, is not going to look like any roster that we have moving forward under Kenny Payne. Or any other coach, for that matter, for as long as we live. This this should be as limited as it ever gets for a Louisville men's basketball roster. I also don't think that you can just absolve Payne and the staff for the way the roster looks. And I've been saying that since the summer. They needed to go get more guys. Kenny Payne told you in May they needed to go get more guys. That was after they got Huntley Hatfield. It was after they got Devin Ree. He said, I like the team we have now. I know that we need to get guards, and if we get some of the guys that we're after, I think we could be really good. I said, I think we're going to be good. I think we can be really good if we get some of the guys that we, we go after. We got nobody else from that point forward. And I know the IRP was out there. 
I know that you could not go to transfers and say, beyond the shadow of any doubt, I can guarantee that you're going to be eligible to play in the 2023 NCAA tournament. You know who else couldn't do that? Kansas, LSU, Arizona, Memphis. You know what all four of those schools did? They went out and they got impact transfers, all four of them. The only school that got caught up in the FBI stuff that didn't go out and get an impact transfer was was actually NC State, who was like the only one who was clear during this whole time. And that's a problem that I think Kevin Keats may have to deal with this season. This roster should have been assembled better. I don't know if he could have done anything that would have made them into an NCAA tournament contender or uh, you know something that was going to be fringe top 25, whatever your bar is for a successful season, but it should be better than it is. That's At this point, there's nothing you can do about that. All we can do is follow the season. It's kind of like people who were 100% against the Kenny Payne hire and people are like, well, you hated this from the beginning. Like, I have admitted it many times. was not my first choice. I'm not trying to hide from that. You can, you can, we have the tapes here. You can check the podcast. You can, you can listen to whatever you want. You know how I felt about it during the process. He's the coach now. It doesn't matter. Like, I, I'm not going to sit. I am not rooting for Kenny Payne to fail because I had misgivings seven months ago. I want Louisville basketball to win, point blank. I'm a simple man, love my family, love being happy, want Louisville to win at a high level in every sport. I, I want, From what I know of Kenny Payne, I like Kenny Payne a lot. I think he's an awesome person. I haven't heard one person say anything bad about him. The best case scenario for U of Athletics is this feel-good scenario where one of ours comes back and just kills it here. There is no part of me that doesn't want this to work. Having said that, you also just can't go along with everything is, is hunky-dory. You can be critical in the moment. And I don't know how you can talk about what we've seen from this team against Lenore Ryan, what we've seen from them against Chaminade, and what we saw from them last night against Bellarmine, and not at least be a little bit critical. Again, just about the season. It doesn't mean that you don't think we're going to be good moving forward. It doesn't mean that you don't think Kenny Payne was the right hire. It just means that you're not satisfied with where we are right now. It means that you acknowledge the fact that Louisville, a top six program, top six, I'll say it again for the millionth time, top six program all time in this sport, should not, regardless of any circumstances, even if we were dealing with a postseason ban right now, even if we were dealing with not being able to play on TV, even if we had a scholarship reduction that kept us to only having five scholarship players should never lose at home to Bellarmine. It should not happen. I can't imagine Kansas fans waking up the morning after a loss to the UMKC Kangaroos trying to justify it as a moral victory. I'm not going to do it on the show. It doesn't mean that it was all negative and that we're not going to focus on some positives, but I can't sit here and be like, you know what? It's fine. It's it's, it's okay. It's not okay. It should not have happened. And it was... I don't want to say easily preventable, but it could have been prevented by doing the things that we talked about wanting to see going into last night's game. Effort, focus, intensity, looking to have some semblance of organization. It was on display at times last night, but it wasn't a full 40 minutes. And when you're playing a team like Bellarmine, who you know energy level is not going to dip ever, focus is not going to dip ever, ever. They're always going to be fully aware of their game plan. You cannot relent. You can't get mad because shots aren't falling and you're going to stop playing defense. You can't get mad because you lost your guy defensively on one possession, so you're going to loaf it back on the other end. It cannot happen. And we had stretches last night where that is exactly what transpired. And when you lose a game by one point, those stretches matter. I think big picture now for the rest of the season. Again, I'm not going to tell you how to fan. I personally am going to change my approach because until it started and I still have a little bit of hope that maybe this was just these exhibition games and the first game of the season are 
going to wind up looking like outliers. Maybe something clicks. Maybe now they wake up a little bit and they wind up playing at their highest potential capacity for the rest of the season and they look like a fringe tournament team. But I don't think that's going to happen based on what we've seen so far. So I'm choosing to, to go into the, the rest of the season. I know it's just one game with a little bit of a different mindset. I just want to see improvement. I just want to see tangible evidence that Kenny Payne and the staff are the guys. I, I, I want to see a competent game plan every single game. I want to see the effort level for 40 full minutes. I want to see you know all the talk this offseason, all the talk this season so far about culture and building blocks and winning and learning, not winning and losing, all that stuff. I, I want to start to see the fruits of that. Because if we are going to be a program that gets back to where we expect Louisville basketball to be, one, we got to go out and get the players. I think, I think that is very evident to anybody who's watched any one of these three games so far. Two, this installation of culture needs to start bearing some fruit. Like, like We need to start seeing some results from that. We need to start seeing that this is going to work once we get better talent and better players into the system. And that's what this, this season is going to be about. I still think that we're a team that can, like, I think we're going to win a, a handful of games, maybe not a handful, but maybe two or three games that we have no business winning. Kind of like last year, we were right there against North Carolina both times we played them, right there against Duke. And that was one of the worst level teams of all time. We have the talent to, I mean, you saw it in the first five minutes last night. And you saw it in the first segment of the Chaminade game too. Starting five can be pretty damn good. Or at least pretty good. You can't play them all 40 minutes. I understand that. The drop-off can't be as significant when you go to the bench as it has been in these two exhibition games and one regular season game. But there are still reasons to believe that on a given night when things are clicking and things are going well, we can beat a team that we have no business beating. And... Those moments will be fun. I think they'll happen a few times. I don't, differing from my opinion that we expressed yesterday on the show, I, I don't think this is a team that's going to finish above 500. I don't think they're going to flirt with the tournament or anything like that. But it can still be a season, even if you just win 12, 13, 14 games, that we look back at as a net positive when all is said and done, assuming the things that we need to happen off the court start happening relatively soon. I don't know if it can be, I think there's a limit to that. Like if this team goes four and twenty six or something like that, five and twenty five, I don't think you can chalk up any positive. They're going to have to get better. They're going to have to show something on the court in these next five months for us to be confident that next season's going to be not just better, but significantly better. Tournament better. Because I do think that I do think that next year you have to start being critical big picture wise. Like we can be critical about it one game and I I'm doing that already. But I've still I, I've been saying all summer, you got to give him time. You, you've got to be patient in the first year. And that's what I'm going to try to do as much as possible, even though we'll react from a game to game basis. But I'm not going to call for Kenny Payne to be fired, regardless of what happens this year, unless it is like a one in 30 season, which I, I can't imagine is going to happen. I will be patient. It's I've, not mathematically possible, is it? Well, we'll see. <laughs> I think you could go one in twenty-nine, and then You're losing your ACC game, and then know. maybe we get a bit of the CIT in uh, one in thirty, and just, <laughs> just get beat in the first game. Said this like they'll bring fans, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to, to to be patient. Big picture, I want to see the recruiting pick up. Certainly, I want to see everything else. But I think you have to at least give this a chance. And I'm still going. I, I'm disappointed. I, I think it it should have been better. Roster-wise, even with this roster, the first three games should have been better. I don't think you should have lost that game last night. But I'm still trying to to just calm down and remind myself this is it's a process. It's going to be new. You have to at least give this a chance to work. And that's the mentality I'm taking in with the rest of the season, which 
let's be real, after the last five years, it kind of sucks to try to take on that mentality. It's not easy to be this fan right now. We are we are all desperate for this to be fun again. And I think that's where the division and all the the extreme emotions on both sides keep coming out. I think you've got I mean, the, the people who were so adamant that Kenny Payne's the right hire, and that's that's fine. If he was your guy and you thought he could do no wrong, I, I, totally fine. We're all we all were guessing. We're all welcome to our opinions. We all have thoughts. None of us knew for sure. And I think you have those people, and now they were they were so all in that they feel like they can't critique anything. I mean, last night I tweeted out, Louisville loses a season opener for the first time in 19 years and loses a home opener for the first time in 23 years. Just a fact. If we'd won, I would have tweeted out Louisville's 19th consecutive home opening win, Louisville's 23rd consecutive, or you, know, you, you get what I'm saying. And there are people who are like, you're you and your anti-KP rhetoric. Like, it, It's a stat. It's not a, It's not anti-KP. If I tweeted out, if they'd won and I tweeted out the stat that I just mentioned, it wouldn't have been a pro-KP stat. It's a stat. And this, this shirt's for you today. What is it? The hater's gonna hate. The hater's gonna hate. Yeah, I mean, that was appropriate shirt to wear today. Like you just hate on everything. I'm like, I'm, I can't. What do you want me to say? We shot 90% in one and looks like a national title contender. You have to call a spade a spade at some point. It doesn't mean that you're completely off the train. It doesn't mean that you're not going into this with an open mind. It doesn't mean that you still aren't all. I'm gonna watch every. We could be 0 and 30. I'm gonna watch game 31 with a hat on. I was wearing my national title T-shirt last night. I was wearing the U of L socks. I'm all locked in. There's no part of me that was rooting for this to, to happen. Like, I want us to be good. And I think if anybody has followed me or listened to me for any period of time, you know that. But there's still this just division. And then the, you know, the other side is the people who didn't want KP from the beginning, and they're looking for any excuse to jump on him and say he should have been fired. He's clearly not the right guy. Let's all just, 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 just calm down a little bit. I think the emotions are all based on the fact. I was talking with with John Fanta, who covers uh, college basketball for Fox last night about this. It all goes back to how wounded everybody is from the last five, seven years. Because for all of our lives, and Trevor, you and I have talked about, we kind of grew up in that period of time where things weren't as great as the the period before us. We didn't really get to experience the 80s. We were too young to enjoy all those Final Fours. But still, it it was about winning and losing. There was a period of time between sixth grade and my senior year of high school where I didn't get to see the team win a game in the NCAA tournament, but they still were, they were in tournaments, they were relevant nationally, and they weren't dealing with any of the off the court stuff that we've been dealing with for the last few years. I think when you've seen, when you've gotten used to just normal seasons and Louisville basketball being in the top 25, being in the tournament, and then more recently with Rick Pitino, every year being a top four seed that seems like it has a shot to go to a final four or win a national title, and you just get into that routine, when it's taken away from you, it stings more than if you hadn't, you know, you loved before. The, the old quote about, you know, it's better to have loved and lost than to have never loved at all. Well, if you didn't experience love before and never had it taken away, it probably wouldn't hurt as much. And that's where we all are right now. We're all in this position where we are so desperate to get back to the semblance of normalcy that we knew in every other period of our lives as Louisville basketball fans that we have these extreme emotions. One side is so desperate for KP to be the guy that they just won't simply tolerate anything said that's negative, anything that seems like a slight criticism. And one side that's so mad that KP was hired because they don't think he's the guy that just want him gone as soon as possible so they can move on to something next that's going to be successful. It all comes from the same place, which is a yearning for Louisville basketball to be good and for this to be enjoyable, for this to be like it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, however old you are. And I... I don't hate either side for it, but I'm fully aware now after last night and experiencing the 
you know, what I've seen this morning and what I've heard this morning, it's going to be an exhausting year because after every game, there's going to be this win or lose. If we turn around and beat Wright State on Saturday, which is going to be no short order, they they had Davidson beat last night. They had a dude scored 37 points. They lost to him in double overtime. But if we win that game, you're going to have people who are like, told you, he's the guy. We're good. All's fine now. And if we lose, you're going to have people who are like, told you, he's not the guy. we got to move on right now. Maybe Mick Cronin can still answer the phone. And we don't need to be doing this after every game, and it's going to happen. I know I did that just for you. We don't need to be doing this after every game, but it's exactly what's going to happen. We can share valid criticisms. We can share valid critiques. We can share things that we saw that made us excited. But we don't need to jump to these extreme conclusions. Let's just try as much as we can to sit back and embrace the process. It's, it's not going to be fun. It's, I'm, I'm telling you right now. I can't say definitively. I shouldn't say that definitively. I don't think it's going to be fun this winter. I think it's going to be a long season. I think there are more losses than wins lying in front of us. And that can still be okay if we see the things that we need to see. If we don't, that's a different discussion and we can start having it during the offseason. But with Kenny Payne right now, I'll say this and I know I haven't let you talk at all, TK. I'm sorry. But what needs to happen... That was including a Mick Cronin jab. I know. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> what needs to happen moving forward? And I don't mean you know, years moving forward. I mean in the immediate. One is is what I've already laid out, which is the product on the court has to get better. It has to. You, you know, we're all aware of what the talent level is right now. We still need to see it get better. We still need to see this team be competitive against quality opponents when they start coming in just two weeks. And we need to see Louisville take care of business against the the handful of teams that we have remaining who we are just better than naturally. Two, KP's got to get some dudes. There's no way around it. I don't know. I mean, A.J. Johnson, it sounds like you're battling Texas for him. If you don't get A.J. Johnson and this recruiting class, we've got Caleb Glenn and Curtis Williams, who's officially signed their, their NLIs yesterday. You get Isaiah Miranda, that's great. You've got to get some backcourt dudes. And if it's not Johnson, if it's not somebody else there that you can flip in this 2023 class that can make this a top 10, top 5, top 15 class that people are really excited about, you got to do what you didn't do last year, which is killed in the transfer portal. There are going to be players available. 35% of college basketball players will be in the portal. There will be guys who can turn you into an immediate contender next season. Maybe not national title contender, but like top 25 good, top 6 in the ACC good. You've got to go out and get those guys. And I don't know if he's going to have to shift his his views on NIL around to make that happen. But if this season does wind up being something like, you know, we're, we're 10 and whatever, 10 and 21, 10 and 22, 9 wins, 11 wins, 12 wins, you're going to have to get help. Because it's it's obviously this early already so apparent that we simply just don't have the horses to compete at the level that we're used to competing at. So... He's got two goals in the immediate to make things better by next season, to have our hopes back by next season, and to have everyone on the same page when it comes to being hopeful before next season. Product on the court has to get better. You got to get some dudes before we get to next summer. Has to happen. TK, do you have any thoughts in like 30 seconds or less? <laughs> A couple just, things real quick. Go One, for it. I freaking despise the term moral victory. Hate it. It's the, it's the dumbest thing. There, like, there's I'm not, not a big thing. fan. Two, don't be shocked. Every you're not the only fan base that's divided by absolutes on each side. That's that's not only every fan base, including ours. That's everything that everyone that goes to and and and, and faces in America now. 
Like everything has to be, I'm this and no one, no one else. Uh, so just don't let that bother you too much. Don't, don't let that get the, uh, the doctor run into the, the emergency room to check on your heart rate next time you do a test. I mean, I'm trying to think the best way. This, I mean, you talk about those Denny teams. I mean, those teams weren't very talented either. I mean, they, they nostalgia makes you think we've had this debate. You know, the guys like Nate Johnson and Marcus Maven were maybe better than they really were. Those were teams that, that snuck into tournaments because Denny Crum still, despite at that point in his career, was still a good coach. He got the most out of them, for sure. Kenny, we don't know yet. I mean, he's kind of like a freshman out there as a head coach right now. And you know how a freshman, is, there's going to be ups and downs when a freshman's play on the court. And, and when it comes to head coach, and you're going to see the same thing out of, out of Kenny Payne this year. Uh, I mean, I, we can, I can give you more of what, how I thought about last night's game and how I feel about this season as the show goes along, but I didn't leave last night's game completely upset. Like, obviously, I wanted to win. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's clear. I mean, it's I it's that's one of, among um, uh, an addiction to marijuana, nicotine, and, and mellow yellow is is my uh, I get very angry when my favorite team doesn't win. All right, those those are like my four biggest vices. There's a reason why most women and, and family members have stayed away from me when big games are occur. But I left the game not not completely sad. I mean, I left the game somewhat a little positive despite the loss that, you know, this is like you said, this team has improved each and every game. And despite the first half, obviously tougher competition than anything we saw in the first two exhibition games they they faced in Bellarmine. But they didn't they didn't drop down. They didn't they didn't put their heads down. They didn't let the game slip away and lose by 10 or 12 or 13 or, or 8 in the end, in the second half. they I thought Kenny Payne came out with a good game plan. I thought he, you saw improvement out of some players. I left the game positive knowing that you know not only do you have Withers, who I think is a solid go-to player at this level, but you have Mike James, who has is on the progress of getting to that level. Ellis, when he plays wise and doesn't just go like on his own, which he did a few times and he's going to do throughout the season, he can still be a quality player. They get you three quality players at this level to work around. Mm-hmm. Now, is that going to get you into a Sweet 16 run or a tournament run? Probably not, not to the level these players are at this point. But it gives you groundwork. And you, if Kenny Payne, I almost kind of like the fact that this is the team he gets in his first season now. Because we're going to see perfectly right now this season if Kenny Payne is worth his salt as a coach. This is what's going to show us. If we'd gotten in like five, a bunch of big-time recruits, we maybe look better. We may be obviously more competitive. Maybe we don't get as much out of Kenny Payne as what we, we're going to see out of this team right here. How he can improve these players and this team gets better as you go along. And if this team does improve, and I, and I hope, and I don't know, but I could be wrong. I'm just holding out hope and shoulds that, you know, he can be a decent coach and get this team progress. And I, from what I've seen just in three games, I think I'm feeling slightly confident he can. That, you know, this team is still at where I think it is, and that's a, you know, 13-14, maybe 16-17 win plateau. Because if this team does improve and gets more consistent as the season goes along, if Kenny Payne is the coach, the right coach, then, yeah, you, as you said earlier, we're going to get a game where we, we, we beat a team we're probably not supposed to. We're probably going to lose a game or two that we're not supposed to as well down the road. We've already done one. So it's already happened. We already did that. So that 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 check mark has been has been is done. Got out of the system early. But you know what? We won 13 games last year. We had no business winning. 
So I, I don't be surprised if we don't pull out. There's not a game where we can't get at least one or two victories that we weren't expected to this year to go along with probably maybe another 12 or 13 that I think we can win. Now, big disappointment would be Eddie, you know, Sidney Curry last night, but we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get into the individual yeah. stuff. In a we'll second. get into the individual stuff as we go along. But the long story short is, I, I don't know. I just, is, is I should be mad that we lose to Bellerman. It's not as good a Bellerman team as last year. As you said, it's something I talked about before the show last, or during, before the game last day is, you know, like kind of like Shamanon and even Lenore Ryan. I mean, Bellerman's just a, is a smarter team that's not going to make mistakes. And we're not forcing mistakes. We didn't get, unfortunately, didn't force the mistakes we should because of our athleticism being better. Until the last three minutes. That's something I want to bring up, yeah. too, because I thought we should have gone to that token press about the 10 minute mark. Or just more ball press. I, I wanted the 10 minute mark so bad. I was yelling at the TV. But and then he does it with two minutes. But that's again, he's a freshman coach. You're going to get freshman mistakes, and that's the way I'm looking at it now. Come two months from now, and like you said, we're like three wins, and we look like total dog poo. I'll tell you, you're, you you candy paint haters are right. I was, I don't say I was wrong because I'm not predicting he is the man. I'm just saying let's sit back and let's let's watch yeah. it. Let's learn. And let's figure it out because you can't just make a decision right now. I, I think that when it comes to Bellarmine, they were a – they're going to be a tough first-game opponent for any first-year head coach because of the way that they play. It's it's super difficult to defend a team that passes and cuts as much as they do on every single half-court possession for 40 minutes. And you saw Louisville. They, they did a good job initially, and then you know, they got a little bit tired. They You can't – like you can't put your guard down at any point in time in that game, or you're going to get burned. And Bellman started burning them. Yeah. Having said that, like it, it was a, a, a That's awkward. Something that you have to improve as the season goes along. For sure, it, it it was a quirky little first game opponent for Kenny Payne, and then you also have the added element of it being an in city opponent and Scotty Davenport and his ties to U of L and all that good stuff. I still think I think Louisville fans. I mentioned yesterday. Like we know we're more educated about Bellerman than the rest of the country. We know how good Scotty D is. We know that he gets the most out of these teams every single year. I think in a weird way, like it's almost made Louisville fans more forgiving about the game than they maybe should have been from last night. Like I saw a lot of people like in my mentions, which were just have been blown up forever, who were like, We lost to Furman last year. At least Bellerman's a tournament team. And I'm like, you know, Furman's I'm sorry, Furman's better than Bellerman. Furman is a top they were a top one hundred net team last year. They lost in their conference championship game in a better league. Let's give the announcers credit for pushing Bellarmine as if they were last year's Bellarmine team last night. I, yeah. It, they, like, so that, if you're watching the game and, like, from not, like, a local standpoint, as you mentioned, you know Bellarmine. It's, you know, we're not going to talk bad about Bellarmine, but it's not last year's Bellarmine team. They're not. And, I mean, they're. But they were selling it like Don Bonner, Dan Bonner was. They was, like, selling it like it was last year's team again, despite losing. And they brought up Fleming and. and and, uh, Dylan Penn. Ben, yeah, losing. Yeah, I mean, it's a team that lost their three top scores from last year. They're only double figure scores from last year. And, I mean, their coaching's, like,. They know what they're up against. Like, like they know that this is on paper the weakest of the three teams they've had since transitioning to D one. And I, I know that they'll get every last ounce of this team that they can. I don't think I'd love to be proven wrong. I don't think it, they're going to finish in the top two of the Atlantic Sun. And they were picked to finish sixth in the preseason poll. I think they'll probably be better than that. But it's not a team that's it's not a team that should beat you. I don't know how else I can I can say it more plainly. It's not a team that should come in. At any time in Louisville's history, even with this roster, which is not what we hope it is going to be moving forward, and win that game, they shouldn't come to me. Come to me in like end of 
in mid-January and asked me if Bellerman should, would still beat Louisville. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, because we'll, if that's if, if I say yes to that, then, then we're then we then have in trouble issues. for sure. Or I mean, also we can say because we're going to play them again next year. If they beat us next year again, that that's a huge issue too. I you would, should be better than they are yes, next year for sure. You, you should, should be better than they are right now. Well, if yeah. they played again tonight, I would expect Louisville to win the game. I, maybe that's foolish, but I we are. Louisville's inherent advantages should be such that they can get out coached, they can get out worked, they can get out played, and they should be able to still beat that Bellarmine team. I mean, we go to overtime like Louisville wins that game unless like everyone else bails out. On I would the think roster. so. And we'll, I mean, we'll have a nice little comparison because Bellarmine's schedule is so tough. They're going to play Duke later this month. They're going to play Kentucky. I think either late this month or early next month they're going to play UCLA. Like they're going to play a lot of teams that we can. They play Clemson uh, in just a couple of weeks, so we can see how the Knights stack up against some of those teams and kind of compare it. Because the the comparisons we do with the exhibitions were were not great. Um, where Shamanad, I think Cincinnati and Ohio State both beat them by like 50, and and you know they were we were life and death to beat them. So hopefully. You know, Bellerman, maybe, I, I mean, will hold their own in, in those games, and we'll feel a little bit better about this one. But the best I thing— I wouldn't hold your breath on some of those. I know. The, the, the best thing about college basketball is that we get to move on quickly. Like, there's not—we don't get to stew on this one for a long time. We have Wright State on Saturday. It, it's a team that, I mean, they're kind of in that same— Wright State, App State, and Bellerman are kind of in that same group, where they're good, not great, mid- to low-major teams that can all beat you on a given night. Wright State looked pretty— Good last night and a loss to Davidson, uh, who's we, we know how strong the Davidson program is. It, it's a game that Louisville look if they come back and do the right things and make the right adjustments, they should win. If they don't, they're going to get beat again. Like Wright State is absolutely good enough to beat you again. And if you lose to Wright State, then all of a sudden we look at the rest of the schedule and we're like, where are the wins? That Florida A&M game, all focus turns to December. They they need to get stuff figured out in a hurry because you've got Wright, you've got App, and then after that it is a gauntlet right away. You've got three games in Maui. In, where you're going to be an underdog in all three of them. You come home, you've got Miami, and then Florida State in ACC games right off the bat. You've got Western, a team that's better than they were last year, that, that thumped you by 20 last year. Then you get a little bit of a break with Florida A&M and Lipscomb, another team from the Atlantic Sun. Uh, and, and then you, you're you in conference play in Kentucky mode. Like that's, It's later than you think, to, to quote a great song. We got to get some stuff figured out very, very fast. If this is going to at all be something that we look back at and say it was a successful first season for Kenny Pat. I don't want to use the word fast because I think that because this isn't going to happen overnight. This is a season long thing. I, I don't. I'm not. I don't want to be like we're not where we need to be peak level in three games and it then then this is a disaster. I'm just saying if you're looking at it from a win loss perspective, if they don't get stuff figured out, then all of a sudden you're looking at being like two and nine. Well, on the Maui's, I'm not going to argue. I mean, even if we improve, I don't know how much we're going to do much impact in the Maui. Agreed. I mean, but, I mean, you get, you come back and you've got Maryland, Miami, FSU, Western. If you don't get things better to the point where you at least win one of the games, you don't want to be talking about a seven-game losing streak in November because that's just disheartening for everybody. And then you worry about things like spiraling, guys getting bad attitudes, guys not buying into the culture. You want to get stuff figured out, so maybe you steal a game in Maui or you start conference playoff with a, with a win over Florida State who looked bad against Stetson the other night. You don't want this thing to like, – I expect them to get better as the season goes on. They should be better to a point where we don't lose to Wright State and App State. Like that, that, that becomes the new goal. Right the wrongs from the, from the Bellarmine game. Win these next two games against lower conference opponents. Do your – you know, compete in Maui and then try to win a couple of those games when you come back against good, maybe not spectacular power conference opponents. And Western, who's, again, talent-wise, maybe better than us, but still has Rick Stansbury as their head coach. So, 
there's that. All right, we talked to. Do you, should we take a break or should we just roll at this point? I don't know. Yeah, we can take a break. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to you on the Thornton text line. I know TK's got some more thoughts he wants to share. But Texas is always on the Thornton text line, 502-414-1450. I know you guys are already blowing it up. We'll hear from you next. It's the Mike Rutherford Show on a Thursday here on I like the theme. I enjoy the tone. It's putting a smile on my face, which is good. What I'm here for. Y'all love Sam. Welcome back in. My brother for show, 1450 96.1 Big X. Again, coming to you from the UofL College of Business Studios, visit business.louisville.edu to find out how you can earn your MBA and feel like you're being paid to do so in the process. Business.louisville.edu. Um, it's going to be a short segment. We talked a lot there, obviously, because there's a lot to talk about from last night's game. So we'll get some text here. I don't know how many we'll be able to get to before the end of the hour. There are a couple other notes that I want to get to. We'll start the second hour with that because... I don't talk individually about a couple of guys that stood out. You mentioned Mike James. Like he, if there was a big bright spot, I mean, I was the guy who said I would start Kamari Lands over Mike James last night. That was not <laughs> turned out to not be prophetic. Mike James was fantastic. Kamari Lands was not great. Yeah, yeah, or two. I want to go. I want to do positives and negatives on last night. We can do that because the roster individually. We probably haven't hit enough on the positives from last night. Um, we've just been talking more big picture stuff, and th- there were some things that I think were encouraging. I think there were more things that were. We're discouraging, but we'll talk about all that. In a yeah, five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton sex line. We'll get to you here. Texture says, uh, Mike, quick question: You either have to spend two hours in a public restaurant, or Trevor gets to fart in your face uh, at one random time. Which one do you choose? Wait, but why do you hate being in a public restaurant so bad? I don't. I don't know if you meant restroom or. <laughs> I was like, what is what is that? Because <laughs> the, the clear answer is two hours in a public restaurant. If that's. I the, mean, yeah. <laughs> Good lord! I wouldn't even. <laughs> it's not. It's like one of these the, the questions that you see on Twitter pop up, which are just shameless ploys for attention to get everybody. It's like, would you play golf every day for a year for one billion dollars? Like, yeah, are you kidding? <laughs> are you kidding me? It's the easiest, dumbest I question of all time. I don't think this time. game works the same way we used to do it back when I was when I would play this game. Like, my heart would be like, would you take? A million dollars or spend one hour in a locked cage with a Wolverine. Exactly. Yeah, they do this thing where <laughs> they just want people to respond to him. It's like, would you eat a pickle every day for one billion dollars? Like, yeah. I'd do that. What, and I what, hate pickles. What is this? So do I. <laughs> uh, yeah, person clarifies he meant restroom. Even right now, I tell you what. Now, if I got to pick the restroom, I'd still do restroom. I don't because there's. I tell you I don't right want now, you farting in my face. Well, I don't. I, here's here's the thing. 
I stopped in, I think it was in Arizona or New Mexico. I stopped at a a, 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 um, a rest stop restroom one time. It was like one of those overlooks of like a canyon or something. Uh-huh. And of course, it's like, you know, 175 degrees. And there's like one like rest, there's like one like little restroom, restroom area of men and women. And I walk in, I just had to pee. And I like walk in the men one. And I said, no. I turned and walked out and peed on the side of the building. Like it was the worst. I can't describe the lowest it. Lowest low. Like, if you walked in there, you may have to contemplate whether it'd be worth standing an hour and never getting farted in the face by me. I had a great idea. <laughs> now, that's the only thing. I've been in a lot of road travel restrooms. That's the only one I would consider that would make you think you'd contemplate that that option. Back in like the early, like, when Twitter first came out, my buddies and I had an idea. It was a million-dollar idea. I think one actually exists now. Of you know, There's Twitter. We decided we are going to have the SH iter like that was going to be it was an app where you just rated restrooms you could like you know if you stopped in some it's actually pretty brilliant yeah if you, if you just stopped at like you know the the chevron and they may have chevrons anymore the, no, the, no. the chevron and the love uh the loves in you know dearborn michigan Ooh, now loves are using loves are great good. that's yeah, where i'm stopping yeah. you, you give it a nice little review say i saw this graffiti like easy app to use you could check it out make sure that there's not a bathroom off the highway that you don't want to stop at i think there's the it seemed like a billion dollar idea. I think somebody tried to do one, it didn't really take off. But like, still if, out there. If you stop at a gas station, it isn't a what I call trucker stops, you know, your loves, your flying J's. Uh if you stop at one and they tell you that the restroom is separate from the building, go somewhere You're else. Be done. Yeah, for sure. Just 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 go somewhere else. And I mean listen, if if you're just going number one, then don't even bother. Just just run around and say, like, okay, and then go inside the building. Texas says well, how many fans stop me from going to the highway either. How many fans are exclusively Bellerman fans? I think most are Louisville fans who also cheer for Bellman apart from alumni. After the L's down and Twitter trolling, I think they lost a lot last night. Oh, I, they, they put the L's down because they beat us. Who cares? It, it's also just like one dude that I saw. Uh, it doesn't it. matter. They, they and beat the, you. The Twitter trolling, that some people were very worked up about that last night. I, mean, I was talking to Troy about it when I came in here. Every social media team for a small school, when they pull a big upset, is going to do the like dancing on your grave thing because it gets so much attention. After the UMBC Twitter went viral when they beat Virginia, it happens every single time. Like they you know, they've got videos prepared. They every single game and the social media team, it's usually, you know, whoever's the director is going to plan out if we win, we have to have this graphic ready, we have to, this is the joke we're going to make. And yeah. Bellerman was very prepared. If you don't want Bellerman posting, you know, our city, if you don't want them posting Jack Harlow in the Bellerman jersey from the, the kickball thing, which I they did. friends text me like, he's jumped ship off you. Like, he's worn a be- – I, I don't even know the guy that well, I know he wears Bellerman jersey. Well, we saw he wore it the one he time. He wore it to the kickball, that, yeah. That's where that picture's from. Oh, is that where it's yeah. from? Okay. If you don't want that to happen, guess what? Don't lose to Bellerman at home. That's It didn't bother me. Like, I was uh, I was okay with that. Not only did it bother me, it would have bothered me more if they didn't make jokes. Take advantage of it. You're not listen. Savor the flavor, guys. This isn't going to happen very often. They you deserve to do it. As far as like how many fans, like I do know. I think most of the Bellarmine only fans in the city are alums that, that are just diehards. I think you there's like a small group of people who were mad when when Rick got fired and jumped ship and became they're donors. You can figure out who they are who became like Bellarmine only fans and go to just Bellarmine games and don't root for Louisville anymore. But for the most part. A large chunk of Bellerman's fan base are people like, you know, kind of like us who like root for Bellerman when they're, yeah, you know, man. playing people, other people, and you know, aren't gonna like, you know, maybe watch every game. But you know, it's the city's team, nice little guy, and maybe some Louisville fans are upset about it, and they do lose some last night. I think at the end, at the end of the day, it's an in the moment upset type deal, and don't, people will move on. If you don't get mad at Bellerman for for, for celebrating their win, be mad because your team lost. 
it's, I mean, it's it don't, it don't blame them. It's not their fault. It's their third year in D1. Yeah, they're going to go I mean, nuts when they beat a top six program. I mean, they in beat, college basketball. They're going to do the same thing. They beat Cincinnati. They beat UCLA. They're going to do. They're going to say some jokes. They're going to make. I mean, and they should. They have a right to. And there's probably some kids in that roster that. Guess what? We beat Kentucky. We're going to run kids. our mouth and, and make jokes too. This year. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, there are probably some some players in that roster that are from the state that maybe grew up UK fans that didn't like Louisville to begin with. Well, they're actually all from the state, pretty much. Not really. They, their their entire roster is like Kentucky and Ohio, pretty much. I don't think that that's. Uh, they may have been a Tennessee snuck in there, but when I was looking at the roster on their game notes yesterday, it was, was like that all, bad. I mean, I know that they've recruited. It was the, all Ohio and Kentucky. They've expanded recently more, and they're going to keep getting more kids. Like the, the the Ben Johnson kid last night, I told you, like he's going to be a star. He had a couple of yeah. real deep threes. And I was a nice deep three. Yeah. Well, Kentucky's Mr. Bad. I mean, they, they get a lot of kids from Indiana too. I think well, that's, Indiana. That's what that's yeah. why I should have said Indiana. Kentucky. That's why I meant really. Yeah, that's of Ohio. Yeah, that's. In Ohio. Exactly, but, but you look at the roster; it's all Ohio, Indiana, Kentucky. Is it not? I think so. Yeah. It, yeah, a lot of. Not that that's a bad Honestly, place to go. I mean, more wrong. Indiana than Kentucky. Um, that surprised some, me. Probably some kids that grew up not like in Louisville across the bridge too. Indiana has more depth in, in basketball towns than we do. Texas says this is as poorly coached a Power Five basketball team as I've ever seen. No, that's not true. We were bad last year, but at least we could get the ball inside. That's part. No, that's that's there there were there were hiccups, but there, when we I, there's there were bright spots in Kenny Payne's coaching last night. I have to say, talk about. There were. I still we don't. We do look disorganized a lot of the time. Um, I think there's sometimes we do because we actually we're we're all gonna have growing pains with players who maybe don't need to be out there as long as they need to, but they have to be because of the situation we're in. Yeah, there's and hopefully some other, they will improve. This is what it was, there were some I'm other saying. things. I mean, he let the the seventeen to two run go way too long before he, he interjected and called. I mean, Patino would have called like five timeouts. And I hate to do like the yeah. Rick would have done this or Rick would have done that. No, they're right. That's and that's that's something you get with a freshman a freshman hiccup, I but think. But Scotty, when Scotty saw the game kind of slipping away, like I mean, he called multiple timeouts. Like he was not going he was going he saw it happening. And I think we saw this happen with Payne in the exhibitions and that was fine. I, I get like trying to play let your team play through a fifteen to no fifteen oh run by Lenore Ryan, but like last night, you win the game. Like, like at some point, the guys like they looked lost. They needed some guidance, and we just kind of let it let it rip. And no, and there was, and then, and then like I said, I thought you know when we made that momentum, I think we cut the game. I can't remember what the score was. I think it was like six or something about the ten minute mark. I I thought it was the perfect time to send token pressure on them. Don't press. Just let Ellis just walk. Make them run their offense quicker. We didn't make them was, uncomfortable we, at all in the half court. And we did not do that till about the two minute mark when it was a little too late for desperation, and it worked. The other thing that, that I thought timing-wise angered me a little bit was about the seven-minute mark, too. I was, I thought we really needed to get the ball in the low block to Curry. I thought it was a perfect time to get him the touch or get someone on that low block, and we didn't do that until we started getting it down to Brandon around the three-minute mark, several possessions later. Those two things kind of stuck out to me in the second half. Positive, the play call down 67-63 was perfect. Yeah. It executed well. I thought it was a great play call. But again, I, I, we'll, we'll, we'll get we'll that, next, that hour. next hour. Let's do another text, at least one more. Text on a day uh, when we need the stream to be down. Of course, it works perfectly. <laughs> get text. Texas Payne should have adjusted offseason recruiting to what he could get rather than whiffing on bigger prospects and running off what was here. Plus, thing he was shocked about negative recruiting. How does this scream the right coach? The if he really was shocked about the negative recruiting, I. I kind of think that it was tongue in cheek. I, I think that comment was. I'm choosing to believe it was more about he was surprised that someone specifically that was close to him was negatively recruited that he felt like was a friend. Um, if he was shocked that everybody was using that against him, I mean, I find that hard to believe. He was. 
He's, he's been, been in this business way too long. Exactly. To he's yeah. been knee deep in the recruiting game for a long time. He's been, you know, we we know what he did at UK. Um, that, the comment didn't make a whole lot of sense. He it, may be a rookie head coach, but he's exactly. been, he's no rookie when it comes. This is not his first first rodeo when it comes to recruiting. And as far as the first part of the text, I mean, I've, I I said as much at the beginning of the show. I I do think that you have to you have to blame him a little bit for the way the roster looks. The IRP is not a, a, a complete excuse. There were guys who wanted to come here that we just said no to early in the recruiting process because we thought we were going to get better players. Mm-hmm. There were guys we could have gotten that we just didn't get. And you can't tell me that, I mean, even if it was like you know, when we got down to the bottom of the barrel, like get some kids from the MAC, like, like get get, set, get anybody that could help us out. We've got nothing. LLs played 40 minutes last night, which I think if you looked at the way he was looking at the end of the game was part of the problem. We've nothing when he goes to the bench. We cannot. I wouldn't say nothing, but it's, it's I would. In terms of ball handling, yeah. Here's the big. No, because there's one. I, I think I want to. I want to end the hour with this because the big mystery of 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 last night was this for me. On the ESPN box score and some of the other box scores, they list Zan Payne, who played in the first half. You know, you and I both were uh, like, we don't we don't want to see Zan Payne unless it's a blowout. Zan comes checking in and promptly, you know, breaks the glass a little bit. It was it was not a great look. Ugh. But they list his position on ESPN.com and the other stat broadcast sites as athlete. Compared to what? It just has everybody else has G or F or C next to their name, guard, forward, or center. He has ATH next to his name. We gotta get to the bottom of this. Is this is this coaching preference? Do we have a Saul Smith controversy on our hands? Zan Payne is listed as an athlete. It should just say CS. I don't know. What Coach's it. son. Okay. <laughs> I mean, come on, seriously. I saw it last night. I was like, somebody's got to get to the like, Did ESPN do this? Did they mess up? Or did we, like, is he the only athlete that we have listed on the team? What's going on? He's not even athletic. He's not even athletic. Do you look at him? I just, it's the, it was the biggest mystery of last night to me. All right, we have to go to break when we come back. Poor uh, kid took 80% of mom's jeans. We'll continue this conversation. We'll, we'll get back to you on the Thornton Sex line at 502-414-1450. And we'll also talk about some specific things we saw last night that were encouraging and some other things that were, were, were less so. So Mike Rutherford Show, reacting to last night's loss to Bellarmine here from 3 to 6 on 1450 and 96.1, the Big X. Tonight, oh my baby, done gone away and left me. My baby, done gone.
number two of the Mike Rutherford Show. Here on a post-loss Thursday here. It's all right, though, because we're going to beat Clemson in two days. We're going to beat Clemson for the first time in seven tries. Oh, Saturday we're going 2-0. Eight tries. 2-0. Right state, right into Clemson. It's going to feel good. Other good news we can talk about to kick off the second hour. Nick Solak, former UFL baseball star, traded from the Rangers to your Cincinnati Reds. Sold more like it, but yeah. Doesn't matter. We got him. I thought that was outlawed in the 1800s. I'm okay. excited about Nick Solak. I'm excited about having him in Cincinnati. Uh, he's been a good performer. He, he, yeah, he played He played a little bit with the Rangers, didn't he? He did. He, yeah. he had a couple of really bright spots. I think he'll be good with the Reds. Probably also get some some solid run. Uh, Javion Hawkins, also a former UofL running back, signs with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, that, that's cool. I, know, I actually know uh, somebody, a friend of mine actually who's does representative. He had represents some players on that team. Nice. Well, he's a, he's a rider now. Good. Good for him. I'm Congrats, glad. Congrats, Javion. Back in the game. Well, you, you watch CFL? I think I watched a couple of games when um, when Brian was Brian was playing it can up there. Be, it can be, it's weird to watch sometimes, isn't it's, it? It's a little bit, it's similar, but like just different enough to throw you off. <laughs> yeah. You're like, oh, that's that's weird. There was a game on a couple weeks ago. Like Again, my, my, the guy represents, I know he represents a quarterback that plays, I think, for, uh, for one of the, I don't know what team. But, Argonauts? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's been starting quarterback. Or he was, uh, Mikael Bessel-Thompson. And so I was like, I want to watch the game. It's on. Like, it was, there's nothing else on. I was like, I'll, I'll give it a watch. It was just so weird to watch. Like it's just, just the running up to the, the scrimmage. It, not that I didn't know anything about the CFL, but it's still, it's still, it still can be. Yeah, it can still be. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's it's strange. Uh, I do want to get back to the text line in a second, but we want. I want to start the second hour. We haven't talked. We we kind of talked more big picture things in the first hour about last night's game and. You know, the, the infighting, the fan base, and what this means for the rest of the season, what it means for the Kenny Payne era, all that stuff. Specifically last night, there weren't, it wasn't all bad, which is how Kenny Payne started his post-game press conference. I actually like Kenny Payne's post-game press conference. I, I like most of it. We can get to that a little bit later. Okay. If you're looking at positives, the biggest to me was Mike James' play. I, I think you need you need dudes on this team if you're going to at all be competitive once you get to ACC play, uh, it, there's only so much that coaching and effort and, and intensity can can do for you. We know LLS can at times be like a, a high ACC caliber guard. We've seen Jalen Withers look very consistent, like kind of his former self, two years ago self, through three games so far this year. Sidney Curry is not. We're going to get to that. We need you, you needed another guy. You need a dynamic wing. You need somebody else who can beat somebody off the bounce and also keep them honest by knocking down outside shots. And Mike James looked like that guy last night. Honestly, above everything else, that was my biggest takeaway from last night. My, my biggest positive takeaway from last night was his play. In terms of individual players, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd have to agree. I mean, Withers, I think, was right there too because, yeah, we he had seen the, the, Wizards, we th- the Withers we thought we'd see last year in the exhibition games. But you can only take exhibition games with a guy with an with Withers who's sure. three times more athletic than all those guys with a sure. grain of salt. And you can take it with a little bit of grain of salt last night, too, mm-hmm. if you like. But and you definitely should with Wheeler. But with with Withers, I think I mean I, I was I was pleasant I, I love the fact that he wasn't just settling for the three. He was he was, you know, beating him in both ways, putting the ball in the court, being aggressive. Uh defensively, you know, that's not it wasn't all positive, but those two, James and Withers specifically those two guys and even i know it's crazy to say because he he i think he went over six he missed the game winner but even lands was slightly positive because i saw improvements of and i texted you this it took me two games and almost 30 minutes of basketball 
But I, I, I got literally excited in my house and popped when Kamar lands for the first time ever dribbled past the free throw line on a drive. I got so and he did it. No, he did it once. He did it a second time. Now he missed both shots, but one led to a easy layup by Henry Hatfield on the first one because he, the, the the defense collapsing. And the other put him on the free throw line. So I mean, those were for a freshman. I, it was slightly. He would be third on my list of positives of individual players. See, I. I... Was totally on the opposite. I thought Kamari was was bad last night. I, I mean, I, defensively he made mistakes. Defensively he was bad. I mean, the, and that was his biggest positive in the Shamanad game was he played well defensively. He was lost. Last well, night. The, the the biggest stretch was the second half that led. To, he lost his man, which caused JJ to foul out. Which JJ could have got there sooner maybe, but that was Lands losing his guy. He was always losing. Then his the guy. very next possession, Lands got the double, got the travel call, and then the very next possession after that, he gave up a layup on losing on the back cut. I, I would. The thing Not is, great. but you're going to get that, I think, was was Lance. You just that, and then Payne was wise enough to say, "Okay, out, come on, we got we got some good out of you. I left you in there maybe two minutes too long. It went bad. Let's come on out of the game." Yeah, I didn't see nearly as much good as as you did. Um, he didn't. How, how do you feel about? It? I want to ask you this. No, the stat sheet's going to make me look like an idiot, but I don't care because I, I watched the game. I did too, and I still didn't see much, no. much good. I didn't think he did much, but he. He looked like a freshman kind of during the headlights, first real game. He looked like that in the exhibitions too, but yeah. Yeah, I thought he, for some reason I thought he looked more confident in the exhibition games. I, the last play, because that's, I didn't think that it was, when it happened live, I was like, yeah, he probably was like the third option there. Kenny Payne, after the game, says they drew up that play specifically for, oh, yeah, you, I, for Kamari Lane. I rewatched it three or four times in slow motion. And I, yeah, it was. You're, you're drawing up the play specifically for a freshman who was 0 for 5 from the field at, at that point in time. Mm-hmm. It's a good play. He's he's open. And well, he he should have pumped and driven. He I disagree. Very, it was a somewhat contested shot. I was listening to like when I was coming back from the hospital this afternoon. I was listening to to Marcus and Steve, and I agree with Maven. Like, like he, that play is designed to be a catch and shoot thing. Catch it in rhythm. Take the shot. Don't have, he does? And you've kind of called him out for this. He loves doing the put it on the floor one time and then pick it up. It, he took an unnecessary <laughs> dribble. It gets him out of rhythm. It made the shot more contested than it would have been otherwise. Just catch and shoot. Like I'm sure when they drew that play up, because Payne says they drew it up that day. Like he worked, he figured out that play. Uh, you know, he, he spotted something with Bellman. Bellman hates giving up layups on out of bounds plays. It's, it's a big Scotty Davenport thing. So we're gonna take advantage of them. Yeah, we're gonna take advantage of them, kind of packing it in a little bit with that extra space, and we're gonna draw up a mid range shot for a guy who's a good mid range shooter. So they wanted that to be the play. He just. He didn't catch the Well, shoot. the only problem I had was if it had been four or five seconds on the clock, I would have been fine with it. But when he caught the ball and the, the Bellerman player closed out quickly on him and left his feet, you you take you drive with that, then you're probably going to the free throw line if you're not making the layup itself. And that 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 was – and with 10 seconds left, you had plenty of time to do that. That was the only issue I had with it. Now, the bigger issue I had with it was that – it was I mean, you can say ballsy maybe to do it, but – to call the, the, the to call that play for lands in that situation, especially when I mean I just did I was not a fan of Mike James being used as a decoy in a corner in that, in that scenario. Yeah, like I would have rather just that should have been lands in the but I don't know if he was just trying to give the kid a chance. I don't know if this is really the right time or place to do that. But how do you feel about Ellis throwing the ball in? I was okay with it. He's your best playmaker. He's your best passer. Yeah, there's that too. Not that that's setting the bar really high with this team. No, I. I would not have given the ball to Kamara. I thought the play call was fine. I just, I just didn't. Wrong guy shooting it. Wrong guy shooting it. I thought the guy, the wrong, the guy made slightly the wrong decision. 
I'm not hating the shot he took. Like I'm not. I'm not. I just don't love it like he did. I think he should have driven a little bit. Even if you drew the play up for Kamari Lance earlier that day, I think at that point in time, I mean, James has been the guy every time we needed a big bucket. I mean, he made the last shot of the game. You know, we. He hits the shot to, to make it a one-point game. Yeah. We kind of crapped the bed in our last three possessions. At that point, I would have said, look, Kamari, I know we drew this up for you. I know this is your shot. It's not your night. It's Mike's night. He's hot. Switch rolls. You go to the corner. Mike, you're coming off the screen. You're taking the shot. I mean, yeah, use him as a decoy. I wasn't a fan of. You know, react to an in-the-moment type deal. Some, guys, some nights you just don't have it, and, and Kamari lands to not have it. Also, with Kamari, every time he shoots, it misses it short. At some point, you, well, I, got a flat shot I know it's all form. Like I would just be like, "Hey, man, shoot it a little bit stronger." Every time you miss, it it, it front rims. He's got to get more arc on the shot, but also just you know a little bit stronger, a little bit stronger. JD Trainer's also his shot feels like it's way more flat than it was the last couple of years too. I mean, let's not overlook the fact that even though he missed the shot, you had Roosevelt Wheeler with the wide open layup to still take the lead and missing it. I don't know if it was a wide open layup. It was more of a, it was put, I thought he got fouled too. I thought they could have called that. Everything Wheeler did. Wheeler, I mean, the fact that he looked like Billy Madison in first grade recess out there next to these guys. He had a cool dog. I mean, yeah. So there was that. It was, I, listen, I'm not, not changing my mind. Wheeler is still, this is the type of game, and maybe in, in Saturday you'll see some Wheeler too because Wright State is very small. I don't think they have anybody over 6'9 on their roster. So you may get to see some Wheeler too, but come ACC time, I still don't expect a lot out of Rosa. He's still so far behind him and Trainer are. He was fouled a little bit last. And one the too. fact that Trainer is when they when they when they mentioned he's a junior just made me feel depressed because he's out there playing like a he's he's literally almost a freshman on the court, but he's a junior in heart. That's not a good thing. The other thing that I want to talk to you about, um, so LLS last night he plays all forty minutes. Yeah, I guess because when Miller came in, Ellis stayed in, right? Didn't yeah, Ellis stayed in. They tried to move him yeah. off the ball. They tried to move Hersey on the ball. It did not go great. Um, no, that was, I mean. But L has to, like, they've they've essentially decided, like, you're going to have to be one of these guys. And, and Notre Dame has done this for in recent years. When they have a good guard, like, he plays every minute. And that's going to be Ellis, I think, in, unless he gets into foul trouble. The issue with that, I think you saw firsthand last night. The last six minutes of the game, he goes 0 for 4 from the field. Misses the front end of a one and one, which I still don't understand why that was a one and one. It looked like if he got, if they're going to call the foul there, it looked like it was on the shot, but whatever. He misses the free throw. He looked tired at the end of the game. He did. I mean, it, but you you don't need to have to have him also. I think we, we saw last night that you could have had James and well, Withers had fouled out at that point, but you could have gone to James in some of those positions. And they did with the one when they, when they used them, they called the play up and had Ellis do the little screen roll and go down on the post and, and kick it out, which I thought was a great play call by Kenny Payne. I mean, that was – you can go to other options. But, yeah, you've got to leave Ellis out there. I mean, he's just – there's there's no other – guard. I mean, unless unless Hersey Miller – I mean, I haven't seen enough to say that he can he, he can control the offense because you need somebody out there that can do it. Because right now, Lance is not going to dribble the ball very well. James's ball handling is, is limited. Withers is limited. I mean, it's all Ellis. I guess they just think that Fabio's not ready because – Ellis doesn't have to be the scorer he thinks he has. No. To and I think that's sometimes when he – when he plays, but you have to have to dribble. He does, but when he plays with himself and doesn't take the bad threes, the threes last night got out of control. I mean, he took eleven. We, yeah, don't, need, we don't need him. Of eleven of them, six of them were probably bad shots. He made one bad shot. The other, the other ones, he, like he most when he takes in rhythm shots. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Balls moving around the he's perimeter. He's a good enough shooter, and he usually makes them. Or usually, you know, he, he's going to shoot probably about fifty percent on those shots. But when he takes the He's not the type. He doesn't have the range. He, he's not the type of guy that can make the shot consistently where he's two feet behind the three-point line, and he thinks he is, and that's 
got to get nipped in the bud. I mean, one thing to be negative is I think LLS is kind of at his ceiling. Like, this is L. Ellis. I mean, you're going to get better LS Ellis games probably. We've seen them last year. But for the consistency, this is kind of where LLS is. And that, that does worry me a little bit, but it's it's good enough to know that if James, guys like James, who have room for improvement, Withers, who still has, I think, room for improvement, Hunley Hatfield, who has huge amounts of room for improvement, I don't, sometimes I wonder if he cares, but and Curry, the same thing, then you if you can get that to levitate to match where Ellis is as a player, then that's when I think Louisville can be a 500 or better team. I don't know what's going on with Fabio Basili. Well, they clearly just think he's not ready because they say clearly. he's not hurt. He hadn't played in the last exhibition game. He didn't play. That's who I'm not concerned about. I'm curious how bad Devin Ree has to be in practice as Zan Payne gets the nod. Well, yeah. I, 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 mean, it's a, I mean, come on. There's no. And listen, and I don't want to be mad to Zan Payne too much because he really didn't do anything bad in his two minutes. The only thing he did poorly in his two minutes was he missed the three by nine feet to the left. Yeah. And if, that, and that, if that's the two minutes we're going to get out of that player. I'd rather Devin retake that. He three. gave up kind of an open one early in that possession, and then he was wide open. And I was like, you know what? Take he, it. Oh, I was. I was like, he's a finalist in the three point shooting contest at Louisville Live. <laughs> he lost to Peyton Verhulst, but he was he was the best male shooter in the on, in the three point contest. You got to take the shot, and then he shot, and I was like, okay, th- th- that's enough. I mean, I'm not asking for Devin Reed out to get done get like 20 minutes, but if you're throwing two minutes at the end of a game out to you know give some rest to somebody, is Demry really being that? Is he that bad in practice? Apparently. Because he didn't apparently look... Basilius too. I mean, yeah. The, the the other thing that I wanted to touch on, I don't know if you watched. Eric Crawford was with the Bellarmine team last night, like before, during, and after the game, and he posted video of like their pregame talk, their halftime talk, their postgame celebration. I did not watch it by the way. The halftime talk was was kind of illuminating. Like they saw, they saw the same things that we've seen from Louisville, certainly the last two years and a little bit this year, which is they let what's happening on the offensive end affect them too much on the defensive end. And at halftime, like you heard both Doug Davenport and one of their players being like, if we keep getting stops, they're going to stop defending. Like we know that. And that happens too often with Louisville teams recently. It happened last night a little bit. When we were scoring well on offense, the first like six minutes of that game, we were defending the hell out of them. We got beat a couple of times. They made a couple of, of tough shots, but we weren't getting lost. All of a sudden we start turning the ball over a little bit. Guys shots start, stop falling from the outside. And, Little lazy on defense, little sulking, little not paying attention, little ball watching. Let's and boom, we're getting beat. One pump fake exactly. against a guy that were five inches taller than JJ. Quit jumping. We forgot all of our defensive principles during that, and that allows Louisville being having a 15-7 lead to become quickly Bellarmine leading 16 to 15, and then we never lead again. Like they, they took it to us whenever we stopped scoring. They were like, all right, let's get the ball and go. Like, like we're gonna, they're gonna be lazy. They're not gonna be paying attention. They're gonna be thinking about what happened on the other end, and we're gonna take advantage of them. And that's exactly what happened. Also, third straight time we've played a team that has been at a massive size disadvantage, and they've outscored us in points in the paint three times. Three games we've played small teams. Three times we had all this size. It's gonna be our biggest asset, and we've gotten our asses kicked in the paint. I think it was the two, roughly two and a half minute mark of the first half. By at that point. We had only gone to – we had only – only two times had we had a player touch the paint on the low block. And one of those was Mike James. Yeah. That's – now, we we went to a little more – about the two-minute mark, we started doing a little bit more in the first half, and then we did it gradually in the second half as well. But it was aggravating me because – and and it isn't all on the guards. 
I, if you watch Curry, he just he's just standing there. I, agree. I was about to say the same thing. I mean, it's at it's, some point the bigs have to do a little bit more. Some, in some cases, the guards aren't getting the ball to him when they're ready, and that and that and that's happened. I saw that in the, in the Shamanon game particularly, and you, and you'll see it occasionally this game. But in this situation, more often than not, it was it was more Curry than Hunley. But but Hunley Hatfield too, same thing. I mean, and, and Trainer has to play out there, and he doesn't want to be on low block, and he just. But Curry's the biggest one. The corporate, uh, uh, corporate. What's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Uh, Culprit. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I want to say corporate because uh, they're both bad guys too. But the, he's the one, the the one to point the finger at the most in this situation because that's his game, that's his mo, and that's no excuse for him not to be aggressive. And to what you said, it almost like transition to the fact that on defense he looked like just like he didn't care. Let's just say and it outright. Let's stop beating around the bush. Sidney Curry's got to get going. Like, like I don't know what's going Sydney on. Sidney Curry him. might be the prime example Payne means when he says you're going to earn your nil. I don't know what's going on with him. I know after the game, uh, Mike James was the player representative in the post, and he was like, "You're going to see the, the real Sidney Curry soon." I don't know if that's an implication that he's been injured or if he's just not. He's going to start working hard or what's going on. But all the reports that we heard this summer and early fall that like he's looking kind of out of shape, he's looking kind of lazy in practice, like. We've seen that now in three, two exhibition games and one regular yeah. season game. He's not doing anything, and I don't know. I, I have no idea how we got to this point. The like the issue is we have all this size. We've got these big guys. the The main reason why we're not taking advantage of it, and we're getting beaten points in the paint. We're not really dominating the class like we thought we were going to. We're not drawing as many fouls inside as I thought we were going to. Has been the play of the bigs themselves. Like it's a little bit of the lack of a concerted effort to get the ball inside. Our paint touches. I think Kenny Payne said after the game, we've had 10 possessions where the ball didn't go inside once. It's but it's uh, it's a lot to the play of the big guys. Curry is a ghost right now. Roosevelt Wheeler has this this body language, this attitude that says that he'd rather be anywhere else. J.J. Trainer has improved, but he hasn't improved enough to no. be a player at this no. level. And Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, he plays, and you've said this, he plays too pretty right now. He, Somebody he looks described, like a freshman out there. I don't know. I mean, well, he's, he's technically he's only 18, I I, so he's, I get, he's yeah. young. But he's playing. Somebody described him to me last night. I think uh, I'm not gonna go this far. But he's playing kind of like a 6'10 VJ King, where it's like he just everything looks smooth. It kind of looks good, but none of it is violent or aggressive or physical enough to get the job done at this level. Now he had nine points and ten, and ten rebounds last night, so he wasn't the biggest culprit. He was doing more than than most of the other front court players. Yeah, but, his, but our big guys are not playing big enough. Well, That's it, our biggest issue with this. His size differential last night, should, nine points and ten he rebounds. He should have dominated he, that game. You could fall into that. Ass they backwards. all should have yeah, dominated that I mean, game. I like he hit the three. I mean, that was and he got a good look. He knocked it down. We and Wheeler. I don't expect Wheeler to to be asking for the ball in a low block because that's not his game. But Curry needed to. I, I let it slide. I think I brought it up when we talked about Shamanon game that I was it didn't bother me they didn't get the ball to Curry as much because I wanted to see things from other players and I hoped that you know they didn't do it because Curry was they knew Curry was there if they needed it but they didn't need to use it in that game regardless whether they wanted to get a win or not because they needed to see where other players were. This is not that now you're in a regular season now you need to get because if you're not getting Curry the ball on that low block which is going to eventually get some double teams I mean they might double him right away they will. When he starts beating guys one on one, and he should, if he's anything, if he's as long as he doesn't take six steps back from what we saw last year, then if he, because that that opens up to kicking the ball out, rotating, getting the three, or getting the drive off the off the ball rotation. Because other than us, we don't have anybody that can go one on one and take get the ball in the lane. No, I, the I, only other way we're getting I the think, ball into the lane is this ball off ball rotation from the from the kick out from the post off the double team, and 
that's not going to happen if we're not getting the ball into Sidney Curry on, if he even wants the ball. It wasn't even him even trying to get the ball and, and us not getting it to him. He, he there was multiple possessions. He just stood there. Right. He, he's a he's a ghost right now. I, the big question becomes this: Was what we saw from Curry at the end of last season just kind of a fluke? Is he going to refine that form at some point? Is he just a slow starter? Because he looks kind of right now that he looks the way that he looked in very limited playing time at the beginning of last season. Is it has it been laziness? Has it been you know, the system doesn't fit him? What's going on? Because at the end of last year, he was scoring at will against some pretty damn good post players in the ACC. He was, he was not great defensively, but offensively, he was active. He was effective. He was our best player. And so far against insanely inferior competition, he has done nothing. And, and, but we did point this out last year, and we hoped it wouldn't be a, a thing to be pointed out, but it was, is that his best games all came in games that were decided and didn't matter, really. For the most part, did he have more, more, more all his best? He played best, well against UNC and Baycott. But, but I, yeah, I guess you're right. But majority of the games he had his best games, we were losing by like 15 and 20, right? I he think was, I think we because we looked kept this up, in the I Virginia game and the, I think we looked that up with L. Ellis. He kept us in the Virginia game in the ACC tournament that we lost by one. Like he was definitely our best player there. He was good in the, the game that we won before. Um, I, I remember the one game that I remember his best game was Wake Forest, where you have you're right. We were down thirty and he was just scoring at will but not doing anything else. Yeah, that we lost that game. Yeah, I mean the last. I mean the only game yeah he scored double figures that we won was. The Georgia Tech game, I think. Well, we won. Like, oh, in Boston College. We didn't win any games. He he started playing when we started losing every game. Well, yeah. So yeah, but he yeah, I mean he was. I think I guess you do get concerned that maybe it was it, it was fool's gold, because it also like the, the sample size is not as large as you remember. There's a recency bias there because he was playing so well the last like four or five games. Yeah, his of the last season. his last four games, 28, 18. Well, four of his last five, the Virginia game he had six. Okay, but it was 28, was 18, that. 24, and 12. Were the last four games. Now again, that was by the way the UNC game. He went over eight against, didn't score. Oh, so I was wrong. The second one, the, first, the second one, the first one. He first scored, one I remember him being. He had ten points. In okay, so not as good as I remember it either. No, no, that was uh, and the only two wins we had where he we did score double figures was Boston College, and as I mentioned, Georgia Tech. So yeah, I mean, so so you're you're kind of right there, and that becomes a concern. Is I mean, I was hoping it was just a weird thing though. Yeah, when we brought this up last year, but I mean. But you watch the body language too. Like it's just his face. Maybe it's just his facial expression doesn't change. Like he's a new bowler or something out there. But it looks like something's wrong. I don't know what's yeah, going he on. He doesn't look. Like he cares. He just kind of has this like you know I'm here. You know, I, it, it is it's a major it's a concern, concern because sure. as much as I'm excited that James and Withers can be you know solid players and Ellis again as good as James and Withers can be Ellis is still the only one we have on this team that can go one on one and get into the lane. And penetrate and cause the defense to collapse. It allows us to kick the ball out and rotate it. If we, if, and you can't ask him to do that when he's playing 40 minutes to do it on every possession. You have to pick and choose your battles to do it and use up the energies in. So therefore, you've got to be able to get to the ball in that low block and cause them to double team and get the ball kicked out in that manner. And the only two players that really can do that for us are Hunley Hatfield and Sidney Curry. Yeah, it's not going to be JJ Trainer. He's not going to do it. I mean, I wouldn't trust him to pass the ball out properly, even if he got the ball in a double team and a low block. And we did do. I did like the fact they did run the play with James once or twice. In a certain matchups, that wouldn't be a bad thing to do. And he and it worked. I think if I'm not mistaken, that might have been actually the play Zampay missed the open three. All right, before we take a break <laughs> and get back it. to the text line, you said you saw the positive. Give, give me. Let's end this segment with a positive. Give me one other thing that stuck out to you that made you 
maybe more optimistic for the rest of the season than you were going into last night's game? Uh, with that repeating something I already said? Yeah. I think the team showed drastic improvement in the second half and showed heart and showed just more. While there's still bad hiccups in the second half, I saw more consistent good than I did consistent bad. Okay. And that's something to look forward to going, to, going forward to. Right, on that note, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We will uh, get to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Before we do, though, reminding you, if you have heating or air conditioning problems, only one place to go in the city. That's our guys over at AirServe. AirServe, what sets them apart, among other things, is they have technicians available for you 24-7. If your heat goes out, dead of winter, this December, this January, it's 2 a.m. You can't make it through the night without the air without the heat coming back on. Call them directly at 502-264-9662. Someone will be there to take your call. And a technician will be, will be available to come out to your home, fix the problem, and make sure you're sleeping comfortably. And also, breathing the highest quality air in your home. Again, 502-264-9662 or visit them online at airserve.com slash Louisville, A-I-R-E-S-E-R-V.com slash Louisville. We'll be back. Your thoughts on the text line coming up after the break. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 The Big X. songs with sad in the title today. The other ones have at least had like a melancholic feel. This one's just angry. Sometimes you feel angry, man. We're all range of emotions. There's, there's, I mean, there's under like 12 stages to grief. You know, we're six stages, isn't it? Yeah. And like denial, acceptance, acceptance, bargaining. I think bargaining's before acceptance. But I'm not, yeah, the order is, is off. What am I, what am denial, I bargaining, anger. Anger, acceptance. Well, acceptance is the last one. Well, it doesn't matter the order. Just get, make sure we can name all six or five. I, I think they're five, right? I thought there were six. Six, you're right. Okay. No, so five. There's, they're five. So it's anger, bargaining, acceptance, denial. We're forgetting one is depression. Depression. We kind of forgot the more obvious one. Denial, <laughs> anger, bargaining, depression, then acceptance, which makes sense. Yeah, well, acceptance should be last, I would think. Where Unless, we, I guess, where you, could, right I guess you could be acceptance in, in like third and then like go to denial after that. Like, I've accepted this. Never mind. I go straight to acceptance. <laughs> That's how I do things. Uh, welcome back in. 502-414-1450 as the Thornton sex line. We're obviously talking about uh, last night's loss to Bellarmine. A lot of different opinions flying around. I'm seeing now, I just checked Twitter for the first time, and opinions are flying around there too. Uh, I'll, I'll read some tweets. We, I mean, hell, we, have, we don't have enough time to read text. We can't get to tweets. But if you are listening to this on podcast, uh, Trevor may wants me to point out that yeah. there are some gaps when we have breaks because 
Something got messed up. It, it wouldn't be a big show if we didn't have something slightly off. Thankfully, it's just something small today. Yeah, so when you, you hear that 30 button. Yeah, you hit the 30 Skip button. You might, maybe not even 30. Maybe just hit like the one and a half, two real quick to skim. The skim button, because 30 might be too much. But These guys are listening. They're like, it's four bleeping 40. Like, I've been listening for an hour and a half. You could have told me this. <laughs> well, it's for podcast minutes. listeners. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I guess if you're listening now, you're probably not going to listen to the podcast. So it's kind of moot to bring it up, because if anybody listens to the podcast probably isn't listening live. It's just for the pod listeners. Yeah. Some people like the show so much they listen to it two, three times a day. I can't blame them. Uh, all right. Uh, Texter Most says. Just to see if I said what I really think I, think I said. Pretty much. Texas, where was Devin Ree? Also hope the doctor's appointment went well and things are on the climb. Uh, thank you for that. Trust me, Texter, the Devin Ree one baffles me as much as I, I'm not even thinking, like, I was expecting him to be some impact player. But, I mean, you're – there's two minutes available to play in the last three games. And it's gone to the kid, the walk-on coach's son over the guy that was given a scholarship. That's alarming. Yeah, he he's looked his shot in the Shamanad game was woefully short. That wasn't much different than the one I saw Sam Payne Zan, throw. Up I was about that. to say Sam Payne's shot last night was woefully long. So if we're gonna go one way or the other, maybe we can find some middle ground. I don't know. Maybe play Ashton Miles Devore. Maybe he's the Aiden McCool. Give him some. Run. Here's the thing: who is going to who has the the ceiling upper? Who's a better chance of improving in that two minutes and sh- and using that two minutes to get improvement and get better and play better in the year? And I don't think there's any question it should be Devin Ree, right? I'm with you, but I, I, mean, I also don't see him in practice every I can day. Always, Maybe it's a reward type thing. I can only just assume he has just been just god off on practice. That's, that's, that, I think that has to be the assumption. And it has to be bad because, I mean, there's no way J.J. Trainer's playing good in practice. Texas says, why didn't we keep the Davis brothers? Tay almost had a double-double in 16 minutes in his college debut. Yeah, Dre and Tay both played for Seton Hall last night. They won handily. Uh, both came off the bench. Tay, who I, I think I said on the show when we signed him, um, I thought was going to be a better college player than Dre, and I think Dre's a, a good, not great college player. Yeah. Uh, Tay did have, I think, what, 11 points and eight rebounds last night in limited action. Dre had that, had eight and eight, something along those lines. I, mean, I don't think. I mean, I don't. I can't speak for his brother, but Dre on this roster, I don't mean, I don't. I wouldn't say we're just some drastically different team. I mean, no, but I would have taken their heart and effort. He would have. That's de- the best thing about. He this. would have definitely limited JJ's minutes because you could even undersized. You could play him at the four. He also. I mean, I just want dudes who are going to play hard, who, who are That's not going to let their defensive level dip who are not going to let the intensity dip and who are going to hold people around them accountable and i think that's that was dre davis's biggest asset was he was a dog in a program the last couple of years that didn't have enough dogs yeah, i agree and uh i would have yeah, but it's not like him adding still would make this some like some tournament team or something. no I mean, but like, i think we'd be better i mean well of course we'd be better i mean yeah i mean that's that's a given i just don't know how much better texas says ll is getting lost or beat on defense and just watching someone shoot a jumper in the first half last night had me ready to throw my tv through a window yeah you're good you, there were a couple don't throw like your that. tv to the window texture because i promise you that you're gonna get that all year long in certain gaps my first and it's when i tweeted out just simply good lord last night was the my, my first like want to throw something was the we get mixed up defensively give up a wide open three and just kind of like stand there with our hands down while he drills it, and then the the half-assed inbounds pass that the camera misses, where oh, they steal it and hit a three. We give a six-point run. I'm almost glad the seconds. camera didn't show that because I mean, I saw the Bellman player. I think it was Justin Mutz, like like sprinted up there, and I was like, oh no, oh no. Like I, I, yeah. they, they, they hear the, the the groan from the crowd. I was like, oh my god, he got it. That was right up there with with Roosevelt Wheeler, uh, or not Roosevelt, Roosevelt but Brandon Hudley Hatfield not blocking out his man on the missed free throw. That was terrible in the last. Because I, I wanted to blame Wheeler, but it wasn't. It was it was Hudley Hatfield. I had to go back and look at it. It was it was. Wheeler's man got the rebound, but only because Hunley Atfield didn't get in position properly himself. Uh, Can I take my real quickly? My biggest problem with the defense it's not even the 
at times, well, the lack of effort drives me crazy on defense well, when we get a little bit upset. Mental effort but as well. the we are like we're never our guys are never in a defensive stance. Like we never, <laughs> it's like we're never squatting with hands up. It's no it sounds simple, but it's day one. Like, like someone on the bench, we need we need a coach who like just is in their face, like like in the defensive stance, like reminding guys. We got dudes who are just like standing around, hands on hip, like it's a freaking AAU game or something. Like, and it's all the time. Like we we're never in an aggressive defensive stance, and it's why against a team like Bellerman, and you kind of made this point earlier. You have to make them uncomfortable. We just let them do their cutting offense. Yeah. We didn't contest any passes. We didn't contest any dribbles. You've got to be up on them. But you don't have to press full court to make them uncomfortable. No, just token pressure. Pressure just, defense in half court. Just, just let them. Just, just don't we even, just sat back and let them do whatever they wanted to. Like, like when they did go to the two minute mark, two twenty. It worked. And, and, but when they did it, also they went. Ellis was was being aggressive and trying to get the steal, and that's fine because at that point you had to do that. But when I wanted to see it, and I didn't want to see it early in the game or throughout the whole game because I don't think we have the depth to be able to do it. But around that ten minute mark, like we'd cut the game, I think down to six or something. And we had momentum, and it was like I felt like the perfect time to not I mean, not pressure him, but just let him walk, go up the court with the guard, make him just at least dribble on his hip, and and, and kind of just 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 to throw a little wrench in the in the and like you said, in, in their their smooth offense that's running without without a hiccup at this point. They and don't, he didn't do it. They didn't. And it, I thought that was a Kenny Payne coaching miss. But he said he that wants to be he wants that to be part of their identity. They want to win with defense. They want to play high, like high pressure. And Which we funny because the coaches, our former players, were never known for their defense. No, we, we never. Manning, Payne, and Smith were never like the defensive studs on the. Especially days. against that team last night, because they lose C.J. Fleming, who was their only true real ball handler from last year, and Justin Betts is a good player. He's known more for his defense. The Garrett Tipton kid is, is obviously going to take a step forward, but he's not been known as they like. They don't have good ball handlers. If you pressure them, if you make them uncomfortable, you can turn them over in the half court, and we instead. Just sat back and let them run their stuff effectively the entire night until we got desperate in the last few minutes when we started turning them over at will. Like I, I don't understand. Again, you don't have to be a full court pressing team to wear opposing offenses down to take advantage of them having a deficiency in ball handlers. Just contest dribbles, contest passes, get out there and not gambling, but like just being up on guys. And we we're not like we're just we we look lazy. We're not in defensive stances. We're not we're not like contesting outside shots with high hands. I just don't get it. Like, this is... Unfortunately, our pressure because of a bad replay official only got one turnover. Yeah. Although, apparently, from people who were there, both with the team, we got a break on the, the last... The, the ball, it looked like it did go off LLS's foot. We got a huge break, too, because it allowed us to have a timeout and call play. Yeah, yeah. That was the big. That was the biggest thing to me when they went to that replay, because I didn't think they were going to overturn it, because... I talked to someone with U of L who was right there. He's like, "Oh, it 100 percent." And it might have, but there was no. They the camera angle couldn't turn it over. It, it, but you know, then again, the camera angle before there was no evidence to overturn it either. That should have been our ball off of. Uh, I thought so too. Oh, and it was. I mean, yeah. there, anyone. Uh, but short, they said they had a different. Only Stevie Wonder could have questioned that. Like on TV, they were like, "Well, they have different angles than we do." I'm like, "Why? Well, like, no, we never. I, 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 we never hear that at games. No. They, they always say like, you're seeing the second angle here.' I'm like, is there some secret Greensboro ca- camera that we don't know about that also got the Malik Cunningham penalty last week? We've got players wearing camera, wearing a secret spy camera that we didn't. I mean, no, that's they. They see the same angles. They just they made a a bad call on that one, and it should have been our ball there too. But you know, that's that's no hero there. That's not going to make the complete in, outcome of the game. But I did like the fact that they did go to replay because yeah, they, they got it, that allowed us to, to draw up that play. And we we talked about that play already earlier in the show, but at least gave us the opportunity to draw it up, and I was happy for that. 
Texas says, bring it back a bit, Mike. Scotty D is in year 17 at the same school with a 75% win percentage. Payne is five months in. Did anyone expect 20 wins? Well, he, there, I don't know there were the, moments I think he did outcoach Payne a little bit, but that's, again, experience as well. I and mean, Payne said after the game, I got outcoached. Yeah, I mean, listen, again, you're talking about— I don't buy the argument, though. Scotty D being in year 17 at the same school, he's been at Division two level for 15 of those years. Different, different style coaching. I don't—it's but I don't. Bellarmine and Louisville. Yeah, I know. At the end of the day, you could have—you you should have been able to hire, I don't know, you know— Russ Davenport's infant son to coach Louisville last night and win that game. Like, like you should not lose to Bellarmine at home. I wouldn't go that far, but I, stand I, by. I, I find it funny, so I'll accept it. Thank you. Uh, Texas Mike, you're plugged in. Do you have any uh, behind-the-scene info as to why Sidney Curry looks so lifeless out there on the court these first few games? No, and, and I, if I did, I'd, I'd, pro- I'd, I'd pass it along. As I just said last night when we were talking about him, I've got no idea what's going on with Sidney Curry. It's the biggest mystery of this team right now. I don't know if it's just he's not as good as maybe he looked down the stretch last year or if something's going on with him or if he just hasn't been taking his conditioning seriously, he doesn't like the, the style of play. But he is he's lifeless out there, man. I, and, and that's got to get fixed. He was the one we, – we thought that there was – Oh, he need no. If this team is going to be anywhere near 500, he needs to be able to show life. I don't want to say contribute, but show life. He's got – I mean, we there were so few things that we thought were – positive given with this team going into it and one of them was Sidney Curry's a good offensive post player and we've gotten nothing out of him through two exhibitions in one regular season game that's got to change I texted you this because I've only yelled his name a few times but like and I said this to you that it's not going to be the amount of double roast beefs and fast food I eat that gives me that upcoming stroke it's going to be watching JJ Trainer play defense and is it what what's worse though where you Ellis out there, or not Ellis, excuse me, but Curry out there who just doesn't look like he's just wants to be there. Or having JJ out there who's actually hustling, but just dumb. I mean, just, just making mistake after mistake. You're on way harder on trainer than I am. I, and I, don't, I, should I don't see be because the same deficiencies that you see. I do. I see a guy who just, I mean, I see effort, but I just don't see very much competence. I mean, just making bad decisions on both offense and defense. And something we're going to live with because we don't have depth. I mean, we've only got four guys that can play that, those positions. I mean, we're, we've got uh, between the four and the five, we've got four guys. So, I mean, he's going to be get, enough. Yeah. Well, it, you would hope, but it's so we're going to see him play in minutes. But I mean, and it just makes me worry. And it bothers me because he is a junior, but he's he's out there as a mentally, he's a freshman on the court. Yeah, I don't, I don't see as, and, but he's as a junior much in life. that stuff that you do. I do. I think he's been I, more or less. I think he's been fine. I think Jay oh, Trainer is not the, the height of our problems I at all. I, I mean, he he was our second best player against Shamanad for sure. He saved the game during that stretch because he was the only one. That's who's great. I mean, because yeah, it was the Wheeler effect from last night where he was just three inches taller than everybody. But I mean, last night I mean, you watched just the, some of the decisions he'd make just on whether well, he shoot the ball or pass it. What's that? Wheeler didn't do anything last night. Well, he was decently effective. He had two points. He's still effective. Cool dunk. Yeah, I mean that was great. He didn't do, really do much of anything else. I mean, I disagree. He was out there making some changing some shots. He, he was being effective, but it was. I'm not getting excited about it because he should have been. Because like I said, he's five inches taller than everybody out there. Yeah, you should have more than two points. In yeah, I mean, it was, he was effective. That's great if you want to be like Wheeler. You know, this, whether the stats showed or not, I don't care. I watched the game. I saw him being effective, but I'm not going to be excited about it because I don't expect to see it against the team that it matters. You may see it against Wright State again. Yeah, I think you need to take some of your JJ hate and apply it to, to Rose because you're seeing stuff with Wheeler that I'm just to uh, who to, to Wheeler because I'm just 
He's he oh, I think like I've hated on Rose. There. I think I've hated on Wheeler a good amount. Too, you said though. he was great last game when I he played six minutes. Great. You said, you said he, you saw him. I saw. It. I said I saw the last two plays he played well. The last two possessions oh, he was in. I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't say great. I never used the word great. You said he saw improvement from him. You said he's turned the big court. difference in saying he was great. I mean, you were, you're complimentary for six also, minutes. I also, also said after the, after the first two exhibition games that him and Trainer were completely lost, and to the two worst players on this team, maybe. At least the ones that play. Texas says we have to get 2023 recruits ASAP. Yeah, for sure. Texas says uh, keep preaching, Mike. Appreciate it. Thank you. Texas says the way the team has played and looks these first three games is completely unacceptable. I don't want to hear another healing speech. I don't want to see another smile in a post game after losing. Light a fire under their asses. There are clearly major coaching issues going on. We miss big time in the offseason. It's tournament or bust next year for me. No excuses. We might not win a game this season. Now, that's a little bit over the top. But right. there's, some, there's room for extreme. How do you, like, I, if you didn't have those people at the, the extreme level, then it would make the ones that are extremely overhappy seem weird. As far as the post-game stuff is concerned, and I'm going to say the same thing that I said after the Lenore Ryan game, I wish it didn't bother me. I know it's not the biggest deal in the world, but yet the smiling and the laughing and stuff, like maybe it's because I'm not used to it because we've had coaches – I mean, Patino, imagine him ever smiling after any sort of loss. Like, he barely uh, smiled after wins. Exactly. He, I mean, he was always, he, was, he, would be, he would chuck it up a little bit when, when we won games. He was in a good mood. But he would never do it after losses. He was always prickly. Mac, the, the same way. And obviously, we're talking about one coach who was successful here and one coach who was not. By the way, have you seen Twitter? What do you mean? The, on the trending, it's college basketball, Knights at Cardinals with a With Mac, Chris yeah. Mac, people, yeah. We've, we've been alerted. I, okay, I hadn't seen that. Okay, I, I'm just now sitting on my trend side yeah. now. Thanks, Elon. Yeah, just, rubbing it in. I just looked up and I was like, "Wait a second. <laughs> I, I, I would be like, again, I'm honest on this show. I wish it was something that I could gloss over. I realize it's not the biggest deal in the world, but it like when I saw when I turn on the press conference and the first thing I see is him like like laughing after a loss to Bellarmine. I'm kind of like, ah, I just I yeah. want I want him to be mad. I, I want you want your coaches to be as mad as you are after stuff like that. And you want them to be as happy as you are. You want them to be happier than you are after big time wins. And like, I, I know he's pissed off. I know he's not like really. And maybe it's just a like kind of an uncomfortable thing. Like that's just the way that he handles stuff. I know some people when they you know going through adversity, like they just you know, they laugh about it. I, I wish it didn't rub me the wrong way. It does. I mean, I don't want to. I don't need to be out there. You know, the the world is coming. The world's collapsing. Right. And you know, bleep you, bleep this, bleep that. We bleep, we bleep, bleep, bleep. Yeah, I could do without a little bit of laughing, though. I mean, because there wasn't much to chuckle at. You can you can be positive, but I don't know if there was really much to smile at, or la- at least laughing. There's smiles, but not laughing, I guess. How are you feeling with this bet? Because we have a couple of texts about this. No, the five hundred dollar <laughs> bet with Scoots. Who's going to win more games this year, Louisville or Eastern Michigan? It's I mean, Eastern Michigan's off to a one zero lead. If they beat Michigan, which I think they play what tonight, they play Michigan. Do they play tonight? I might have to watch that game. It's if they beat Michigan, I mean, you may try. What, to... What's my other option? The Falcons and Panthers on Prime. <laughs> you may need to start hedging a little bit. Uh, they play tomorrow. I take it back. Oh, that sucks. But somebody says, uh, what's worse, Trevor losing five hundred dollars to Scoots or Bellerman throwing L's down in the Yum Center? Oh, there's no comparison. The five hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> for you, obviously. Damn, Skippy. It's worse for everybody. I don't. I mean. Are you nervous now? I mean, no more than I guess I, I I'm more nervous now that in hindsight I think about maybe I should have taken consideration the conference play of the team. <laughs> caught me on caught me on a roll when I made the bet. Maybe I should have I should have taken oh. into consideration because talent wise I'll still take like if he was like, you know, five hundred dollars 
EMU and Louisville play ten times, who wins that series? I oh would, yeah, I would still take it. Uh, I would too, but a little bit. Maybe I think what I say, I think you should have got maybe two to one odds on this one. Yeah, maybe I should have gone with the odds on that. Maybe a little bit. Texas, our bigs didn't post up strong. It looked like they didn't want the ball. That's my biggest takeaway too. They didn't post up strong. They didn't post up at all. Did they? We just. I mean, maybe uh, they were so frustrated that they weren't getting looks early in possessions that they didn't work hard. But that's an issue in and of itself. But there were times where we just didn't make a concerted effort to get the ball inside. There were more times where our bigs weren't making a concerted effort to get position inside. There's one possession where Huntley Hatfield tried to position. And we had no chance of getting the ball because Sydney's standing around the other block next to him. There was also it's one like, time. There's no reason to get him the ball. There, there's no lane yeah. to even get the ball to him. And poor Huntley Apple, this is like one of five, 5% chances he's actually going to try to position. There was one time where he was working too, and it would have been a really difficult pass for L to make. And L didn't throw it inside. And he kind of like threw his arms down and like like started like acting upset, which we've seen too much of that these these first two games. Like that. Kenny sees that. Kenny means you need to be put on the bench right away. Yeah, I, I agree. You we, need to nip that in the butt ASAP. We saw it with, right with, now. with Withers in the Lenore Ryan game where he didn't get the pass for an open three. And then when he got it, he just passed the ball. Like didn't take the shot because he was still being pissy that he didn't get the ball originally. And I'm like, come on, that, that stuff. You guys are. We're talking about guys that are supposed to be the backbone of this program right now. That can't happen. We, we got to get over that. That was the other thing. I during even when we made our little comeback, I was a little upset the right after we started getting to it around that again that seven six minute mark. We felt like we just avoided getting the ball to Withers for like four straight possessions. Yeah, I don't think he touched the ball once in like three or four possessions. Rowan, that's that. They're not. There can't be four possessions in a game at any point all year that if he's in the, on the court, he's not touching the ball. Agreed. Texas. I was listening to another show today, and they said Sid is out of shape. Is that true? So it looks like it. I mean, compared to what me, no. But I mean, <laughs> compared to what we saw from him in like early March of last year, he certainly. I, I mean, I, did he even touch the ball last? I don't even think he touched it. Did he? I know. He, I, don't, I mean, let me look. I don't think he took a shot. I don't think he did either. Like he had he what, only three put, rebounds, no, no shots. He took. And that, no, this doesn't tell him he touched ball. Yeah, zero, sixteen minutes, zero shots, two rebounds. I guess he did touch it because one of them was offensive. I don't remember seeing that. But uh, yeah, and then one turnover, two fouls. I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember him really seeing the ball offensively in an in a offense to play once. And, all, and some of it's on him. Like I said, we said he was just standing there at the time. Texas says Kentucky went nine and sixteen a few years ago with NBA with a few NBA players on that roster with none of the issues that Louisville's been dealing with for years. Sometimes you just have to have a crap year, and Louisville's going to drop a major deuce this year. It is what it is. It's frustrating. It seems like this funk has lasted for ten years uh, over the last several. But I firmly believe a change is coming. The glory days will return. I, I think the I don't issue. I think it'll be a total deuce. I think if, like I said, if, if Payne's worth the salt and, and even decently worth the salt as a coach. This team should improve with enough talent on this team already, raw talent especially. This team should improve and should be at least competitive by the end of the year. I think the issue is the Kentucky bad season, one, it happened during the COVID year where things were weird. You could easily explain that away. And then, two, they bounced back the year later and were a two-seed. And the year before, they were good. Like it, It's a one-off. It's a total outlier. And we're dealing with – I mean, we're coming on the heels of what was supposed to be our crap season, right? <clears throat> if this was we, a season last year that we talked we, – we debated – in February, whether it was the worst season in Louisville history of our lifetimes. And I think at the very least, we expected Kenny Payne's first season to be better. And now we're, and it still may be. It still could be, yeah. It still, still could be. But we could look back at this game. And we're being, looking at it being a very similar season, is my point. And having that in back-to-back years, even though it's no fault of the new coaching administration, it's, it's, it's not their burden to bear, it still hurts the fan base. It's still tough to just accept it because... 
you know, we, we struggled through what was supposed to be the lowest of the low just 12 months ago. Yeah. Texas, when, <laughs> when Withers fouled in the backcourt with 40 seconds left down one, I almost jumped out my window. Yeah, it was just a dumb foul. Though. I mean, that was desperation. I, I think my issue was, like, they didn't, I don't know if they needed need to, to be done. And L could have fouled, and he chose not to. And then Withers, I, I, if you have time to give that foul, there still was 35 seconds left. Yeah, there was time to play. Have somebody else come up, up there. Yeah, try to trap a little bit, and then if somebody else wants to give the foul at that point, then do it, and you still have time to come back down. I thought that was just, again, inexperience. But somebody also needs to, you know, be screaming at them from the sidelines. Hey, like, what about the Bellerman player doing the uh, Magic Johnson throwing the ball down the court? The Justin Betts, the throw overhead, yeah, that's, savvy that's, play. That's the old uh, Magic Johnson made that famous when he did it against the Blazers back in '91. For a split second, I was like. By the way, in that, in that situation, too, the ball went out of bounds for against the Lakers with time on the clock, and the Blazers had a last-second shot still. Both times it happened. <laughs> for a split second, I was thinking it was like the the out-of-bounds rule where you if you throw it the length no, before, no, it doesn't no, touch no, him. No. And then I was like, oh, that's right. Yeah, now, well, you were telling when the announcers yeah. did the same thing. I knew. Because yeah. first thing, I was like, oh, I was like, we may get a shot down. And then real quickly, I was like, oh, that's a, a real smart move. We have .5 seconds to go the length of the court. Was Ellis' shot late? Yeah. I don't no. know why we – I mean – I don't know what the we point also is inbounds it like in, fully in our end of the court too. I'm like at least throw it down to the other end of the court. I mean, it's I, a minor complaint, but still a complaint. There was eight tenths of a second left. I mean, the, the, well, I mean this, your only shot is to throw it down the length of the court, have well, a clean catch and a, a shot. Like yeah. nobody's gonna make a three quarter court shot, and he. Yeah, it's he, hard he to make a, it's it hard off. to make a clean catch still throwing it down there in that t- short of time. And well, yeah, but it's harder to make a 75 foot shot. Oh no, I think it'd be different compared. I'd love to see the math on that. I, I mean, yeah. You, Bryce, Neither one are very good off. That's the well, point. Well, no, but like, yeah. you do see like the Bryce Drew. I mean, you see every year like a length of the court. Bryce pass. Drew was like with one, like almost two seconds left, though. Well, they had time to catch it. They, no, it was like 1.2. He catch it, flipped it, made the shot. Christian Leitner, same thing. Like, Christian Leitner was 1.6. Length of the court pass. We had 1.2 last night. I thought we had 0.9. It was 0.8 when it hit. They put 1.2 back on. Oh, I thought review. it was 0.9 that they put on there. Texas, who wins more games this year, UVA football or basketball? Basketball. I don't know. Scott Steve. We, we got another bet? We might go to 10. We don't win out. We could use some Scott Steve in us. Don't get me wrong. Scotty Steve. We beat Clemson, NC State, Kentucky in a bowl game. That's 10 wins. Oh, we're more than 10 games. Back. Make it a little bit interesting. I don't know. Yeah, I go basketball. Texas, I chose um, apathetically patient over anger last night. What that means, though, is a pullback in fandom both in games and pre-post-game emotions. I watched last night with a casual viewing, not much reaction, and when it got towards the end of the game, there were no nerves to win or lose. I heard this from so many people last night, which sucks. Like, I mean, I heard the most common response I got last night wasn't, like, fury or anger. It was people who were like, Kenny needs to get this going quickly because I've never cared less. And that well, You might as well you're gonna believe in one hand and, and wishing the other because it's not going to happen quickly. I promise you that. Yeah, I think they mean I'm not like, saying it can't I happen. I think they mean like next year. Like we need to be – Oh, well, that's the case. And, yeah, I mean, but I'm talking about this season. If you think it's going to be, you know, drop of a hat this season by tomorrow or by Saturday, we're going to be getting everything worked out and we're, we're running on all cylinders, you, you're not going to get that. I mean, you, you, you there's a deadline, and it would be more like mid-January for me in terms I, of where we're No, at. I mean, I think more people are talking big picture than just like well, this season. Yeah. They know what this season's going to be, but it, it sucks that, like, you lose a game to Bellarmine, and there were a lot of people last night who were kind of like, yeah, it sucks, but also I wasn't on the edge of my seat. Like 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 I have been my entire life with close games with Louisville basketball. Oh, I was. I know. I mean, yeah, we are. Like, the, the diehards are going to be that way, but I heard from more people who were just like, because if we win, we're still not good. The season's not going to be good. Does it really matter? Like, losing doesn't change anything for this year pretty much. And I was like, 
that just it, it sucks, but I, I I kind of get it. People are just kind of worn down. I know it's upsetting to say that we had to make the comeback, but the fact that we did make that comeback the second half and showed the heart and showed just that we weren't going to just lie down. I mean, I was into the game in the last few minutes. I mean, the last, especially the last 10, 12 minutes of game action. I was, I mean, I was, you know, chain smoking a little bit, taking too many bowl hits, getting excited, turning the TV up, you know, to, to, to 60 on the volume to get pumped up watching, you know, your, your girl do the dancing and singing. I mean, I was, what song was she singing again? I don't even know what you're the talking about. The blonde girl that was, that was, go, that was going at it on the Oh, show. it was Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's, that was perfect. She did an excellent job, by the way. How that doesn't get on Twitter, I don't know. But, the, you know, I was into it. I, and now, if we had played anything like we had in the last five minutes of the first half, I probably wouldn't have. I probably would have been just kind of like, oh, hum, the game's on, but I'm just, I'm on my phone doing other stuff now. Or I'm thinking, hmm, I wonder how long before I go to AEW Dynamite. Which, by the way, was okay last night. All right, we're going to go to break. Uh, we'll talk over the top of the 5 o'clock hour. We'll come back. We'll get back in this conversation maybe revisit some of our points from the beginning of the show. And then there's no way we're going to get to all these texts. But we will try to get to as many as possible in hour number three. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It rolls on next here on The Big X. songs for a little bit of a sad day. Not all sad. It's got a good rhythm to it. Though. It's got, yeah. And I did Tony Braxton for you. I know you're a Tony Braxton guy. My dad's big Tony Braxton fan. I thought it was you too, wasn't it? No, not really. And Mary's Mariah Carey, right? Mary loves Mariah Carey. I thought you were Tony Braxton too, though. Well, if I'd done that, I would have just gone with the uh, the Rolling Stones Sad Day song instead. I mean, I think she's very attractive. Well, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't kick her out of bed. I like Unbreak My Heart. Floor. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan. 
It's the 5 o'clock hour of the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. If you're just joining the show, you know what we've been talking about. Of course, uh, football, volleyball, women's basketball, and baseball. The only show in this area dedicated to just those four sports. Uh, now Lacrosse. We... Yeah. So, yeah. Field hockey. Tomorrow. Field hockey. Taking on Penn State in the ACC tournament. Uh, we, yes. We've, we've been talking about Louisville's loss to Bellarmine last night in men's basketball. Kicking off the Kenny Payne era on a rough note, although... As pointed out by Kelly Dickey last night, guess what? Denny Crum's first game, lost to Cincinnati. That's the first game he beat Bellerman. That was his first win. Oh, okay. His first they, game, they brought that up, too. Okay. His first game was a 17-point loss to Cincinnati. So, 17, Cincinnati's probably pretty good in 1972. I don't need your facts, there. <laughs> Here's the hope with last night. And At that point, they'd already I won put two this, titles. I put this in the, the lead of the, the quick little recap that I did last night. The hope with last night's game is that it winds up 15 years from now, 30 years from now, 50 years from now, whenever, being a a cool anecdote to use on people. Kind of like, you know, Teddy Bridgewater and Lamar Jackson. First passes at Louisville, both interceptions. Yeah, that was true. It will be, it, you, the hope is that 20 years from now when Louisville basketball is rolling, Kenny Payne's won multiple national titles, we're the envy of all of college basketball. We can go to, to people. I can go to my... I was going to say grandkids, but hopefully my, well, my, my kids will have kids that soon, but maybe. And go to little John Jr. and say, you know, Kenny Payne's first game at Louisville was actually a home loss to Bellarmine. And it will be this, oh, my God, really? Kind of like the Denny Crum first game was a loss. Like you said, Cincinnati more acceptable. This would, would certainly have more of a punch to it. But that's got to be the hope, right, is that you know, lost to Lenore Ryan in an exhibition game, lost to, to Bellarmine in his first real game, and things turned out just fine. In or, this, well, or it's like Billy Gillespie, and you're like, you lost to VMI, you lost to San Diego. Certainly a possibility. <laughs> you lost your job. I didn't bring it up because I'm saying <laughs> that's my hope. Even though San Diego, I don't know if VMI was much better than Bellarmine, different type of team, but San Diego. Different type. It, was, it all Diego portended was, poor things wasn't a bad team, but yeah. for, for Billy Gillespie, but hopefully that's not the case here. I started off the show by saying this, and I'm not going to do the entire spiel again, but I will reiterate. I hope that people... And this is maybe a misguided hope, but I, I hope that people understand you can be optimistic about the long-term prospects of the Kenny Payne era at Louisville and not be okay with losing at home to Bellarmine in game one. Yep. I said it right from the jump. We will talk about some positives from last night's game, but I am not going to sit here in moral victory, a home loss to Bellarmine. I'm not going to do it. You should not lose that game in, under any circumstances. I don't care if it's Kenny Payne's first game, millionth game. If a toddler's coaching, you shouldn't should not lose at home to a team. I know we're more familiar with Bellman. It's still a team picked sixth in the Atlantic Sun. Shouldn't come into your building and beat you. Yeah, we're picked to be like thirteenth in the twelfth in the ACC. That's six spots lower. It's different. <laughs> it's very different. <laughs> they both start with A. It's very different. And I agree. And I said this after you, if your if your uh, speech earlier in the show is that I hate the term moral victory. But yet, you can take positives out of an angry loss. You can. I mean, there's no game that's going... There are very few times where there's not some semblance of hope to take from from a loss. And do I think the bad outweighed the good from last night? Yeah, I do. And I've said that. Do you think there was some good? Sure. And we've talked about it. But it's fine to say... You don't have to be in the, we should have never hired Kenny Payne... He needs to be gone. Maybe we get rid of him after a year. You don't have to have that mentality to sit here and say, we probably shouldn't lose at home to Bellarmine. And I'm not happy about it. You can be a little bit pissed off today. You, you, you're you a fan. You've earned that right. And if you want to say I'm not mad at all, I knew the season was going to be bad. 
I still think we're going to be great. We're going to start getting recruits. We're going to start rolling. The IRP stuff's done. I'm fine. No loss total this season is going to sway me from that opinion. That's fine, too. You can do whatever you want. But we don't need to bicker with each other. The, the fact of the matter is nobody knows who's right here. Maybe the people who think Kenny Payne is going to be the best parts of Rick Pitino and Denny Crum combined, maybe they're, they're right. Maybe the people who think he's going to be the worst coach here ever, maybe they're right. Maybe the truth is somewhere in between. It probably is. At this point, one game into the era, nobody knows. Everybody's guessing. All we can do is talk about the evidence that we have, which is not great so far. I think the only thing we can all agree on is David Padgett is awesome. I mean, he is. <laughs> I mean, he is. He's the best. I love David. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, there's if there's one thing we can all agree on, we all love David Padgett. And Patrick Sparks walked. And Patrick Sparks walked. In 04. That's the, that's the thing we can all agree on. It happened. Uh, we, we've talked about the ins and the outs of the games. We'll discuss, I think, I'm excited the fact that, about the fact that they get to flip the page quickly on this one. They'll play Wright State on Saturday. We'll talk about the Raiders a little bit tomorrow. An NCAA tournament team from last year. Um, that kind of like Bellman was not the regular season champion in their conference, was not a top two team in their conference, but got hot at the right time, won their conference tournament. Won their playing game. Unlike Bellman, got to actually play in the NCAA yeah. tournament. Um, so another team that has experience. Bellman lost their two top players from that team as well. They did. It's a, it's a right state team that still, they have winning pedigree. They're not going to come in here intimidated. They're going to do their thing. No. They should have beaten Davidson last night on their home floor. Um, we're up by 22 in the first half, lost in double overtime. It'll be a tough game. But if this team takes the lessons from last night's game that they should, it's still a team that you should beat. And if you don't, I mean, it's... I mean, you can, you can chalk up first-half nerves a little bit last night to the, to the first half, first game, first-half nerves. Don't You shouldn't have that against Wright State. You shouldn't. And you also, should, you should play right we didn't State come like, out with nerves. We came out playing our true, best basketball right. in the first segment. Like we, we, we didn't lose it kind of until the bench came in. It was kind of like the Chaminade game where our first segment was the they best segment low. of the first half. When J.J. Trainer came in and we started folding, that's you know, I mean, got you low. The bench was bad. There's a huge drop-off. when we made, And then when we bring stars back, it's like they don't play with the same energy that they did at the beginning of the game. I, I don't really understand that, but um, what, what are you going to do? I tell you what, we, we have so many texts to get to. Let's go to them. At 502-414-1450, we're going to try to get to as many of these as we can. Some of this will be repetitive, but we'll try to get to the new ones that are bringing up topics that we haven't already addressed so far. I'll keep my replies minimum. That's okay. Texas says, over-under for this team is five wins. We need to accept that and not blame KP for it. No expectations under season two is the best way to go. Until season two is the way to go. I will take the over on five wins. I'll take the over. And also, if you think that, I'm not going to totally rehash this point. I think you've got, KP Payne has to deserve the blame for the roster, the way it looks. Did he deserve all of it? No. The IRP certainly played a part, but there were guys that we could have gotten to make this roster better. Kenny Payne said it in May. He said it, his words, not mine. He said, we've got to go out and get some guards. If we get some of the guys that we're we're in on right now, we can be a really good team. We're going to be good regardless, but we can be really good if we get them. And you didn't get them. And the IRP stuff, I get it. It's a, it's a, a valid excuse to a point because guess who got impact transfers? Every other school that was caught in the IRP crosshairs besides NC State, who actually was was the one that should have gotten uh, some because well, they, they'd already been dealt we did, with. We did actually get a transfer from one of those same schools that was in the same position we were in LSU. Well, he wasn't a transfer. He was just a, a signee. That's true. But true. he was committed to LSU. He was kind of. We would have gotten him had LSU not fired Will Wade. Yeah. We wouldn't have gotten him. I mean, and we did get Brandon Huntley Hatfield, but we didn't get people at the position that we needed them in the backcourt. And we could have. That's that's my point. I will say this one thing to this text. We put the over under five. 
there is there's some optimism that, that there's I'd be shocked if we are that bad. So therefore, you're setting yourself up, or at least be happy. Yeah, I mean, if you're you're that down right now, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. I think. Texas fellas, we will be okay with what we have. I'm not saying 21 season, wow. but we will be competitive in most games. Bellman was a really bad matchup for us first game. We still need to learn discipline. Keep the faith, and how was the EKG? I, yeah, I do want to do about that. We'll, we can do that in the last segment, but I do want to. I wouldn't say I'm be happy with what we have, but no. I am happy to think that we you do add that do add a stud player to next year's team to have a guy like James Withers and Huntley Hanfield as role players around him, and their progression does make me very excited. Texas says um, to stay off sport. Oh, I can't say that. Okay, Aww. I will. To stay off sports topics, I once saw a turd the size of a Nerf football in the toilet of a pilot gas station. It was appalling. Thank you for that. I don't. That's not appalling. I'd be impressed. I'd be the size of a Nerf. Good lord, I might have taken a picture of that. That's impressive. I mean, come on, as disgusting as this, that's impressive, man. I mean, it is. <laughs> Texas, can we discuss Zan getting minutes? We have. We. I don't want to. I just. I got it. I, I don't. Just, I, I don't know what I mean. Is is mom unhappy with Kenny or something? I, I don't know what it is. Texas, don't forget Kenny let Scotty fly on his private jet on the recruiting trail. You don't bite the hand that feeds you. Kenny let do what? Who what? Kenny let Scotty fly on his private jet in the recruiting trail. I mean, people who are mad at, at Scotty Davenport. Scotty was very complimentary of Louisville after the game. He said, "You know, you'll never meet anybody that likes you." The fact that Scotty was catching strays. People were furious at Scotty. What, because he won a game he's supposed to try to win? They're like, why do people like Scotty Davenport? I'm like, because he's like the nicest guy alive. And he's... I mean, I've never had a problem with him. And I, and I have people who know him that, that love him as well. He's you great. One, I mean, yeah. he's a he's a, a staple in this community. He's done a lot of good for the basketball in the city of Louisville, for sure. I'm not going to be mad at him for beating us. Like, well, I take that back. I'm buddy Paco still hates him, but I told you it's because he cut him. Because he cut him in, in Bowers. In the yeah, freshman year, or in 1990 Bowers team. Yeah. But other than him, everyone else likes him. <laughs> Texas says, uh, I would kill to have a Louisville team that plays basketball. Uh, like Texas, Trevor, how much would it cost? Oh, no, never mind. Wait, where are we going? You're confusing me now. I'm looking at, I can't keep track of the text that are from today because we got multiple texts here. I would kill to have a Louisville basketball team that, that plays like that. It was so nice to watch the ball and players actually move and not stand still with one person dribbling because we talked about the first half when they came out not lethargic. Yeah, yeah I mean, and that's not the second half they tried to improve, but we did. Listen, again, that's. You're not gonna. There's very rare mini games. They're not gonna run into mini games this year, no matter the no matter the opponent, where you're going to get a perfect game by this team. That's what happens when you have inconsistency, youth, and just not the most talent. You're gonna have gaps of stretches in games where we had like the end of the first half last night. It's gonna happen every game. I'm yeah. sorry. It's, if you if you haven't accepted that, you might as well because it's inevitable. Texas, you know who else got was under NCA cloud and got impact transfers? Chris Mack. He did. I mean, I think we're playing fast and loose with the word impact. And Carlick Jones was runner-up for ACC Player of the Year. Well, that's, yeah, Carlick, I like, yeah. Kristen Cunningham was a good point guard. Cunningham was a good point. Cunningham was, the thing is, if you didn't have, Cunningham was perfect because of the town he had around him. He matched that team perfectly, I think. We got, I mean, he got transfers every year. That, like, you, that put Cunning, you put Cunningham in the same position you put Jones in, you would not, he would not have been as delightful. Well, no. I mean, Carlick also had David Johnson playing off him, too. Which True. Helps. Um, I mean, Matt got Garlic was a was a college basketball stud though that one year he was yeah I mean he was a guy you could you could put you put him on this team right now and I have no doubt I'm winning my bet with but him. I mean he also was the guy who was labeled as the best transfer in the portal and we went out and got him because we needed guards 
Um, we got guys that were highly rated last year. We just got pieces that didn't fit together. It was a they got solid players. They just got the wrong ones. Like like they they just they didn't get guys in positions that they needed. Like it feels like you're contradicting yourself with that statement. No, they got. I mean, like like the guys that they got. Look at who the the guys that have transferred. They're playing key roles in other teams right now. They're all starting. They're all doing. Yeah, things. but are they really doing anything good? I mean, Noah Locke's not. He played one he's... game at Providence. He, okay. He scored what twelve points. Matt Cross hasn't even played yet. Matt Cross hasn't played yet. I mean, Matt Cross was a weird get. Like I, I don't know why you go out and get him <laughs> to fill in that roster. We needed a like we needed a point guard to help that roster out last who, who year. Must not forget another. I mean, Williams is playing in what Saudi Arabia or something. I assume. Who? Uh, well, he wasn't a transfer. He's here for seven years. Oh, that's true. Who else was a transfer? It was Cross. Mason Faulkner, who was never healthy. Yeah. Couldn't do much. Um, he was kind of last minute, too. He kind of fell into our laps. Because he got hurt at Colorado. Colorado State. Yeah, Colorado. Um, and I then. really brag about recruiting him. No, he was seen as, he was seen as a big get at the time. I mean, Goodman called him our best player after seeing him at practice, and that didn't really tra- translate into the actual season. I mean, I think, it, I mean, we'd had James last year, it would have been a big help, but I mean, it wouldn't yeah. have saved anything. I mean, he clearly would have been. I mean, he might have been our best player on last year's team. I would have liked to. If anything, I would like to gotten that year under his belt already because he. I mean, if, if you, I mean, there's some rust on this on him right now, but he's it's coming off quick. And I like it. Texas is interesting that he drew that last play up for Lance. Do you think? Do you think Zan Payne was initially asked to take the shot, and then he deferred <laughs> to Kamara? Zan's <laughs> like he does the Jimmy show where he's like, "I'll make it." Kenny's like, no. <laughs> it's like he's the he's like the, the coach's kid and Coach Carter. So that guy was actually good. We, we need to be nicer to Sam Payne. Texas says, yeah, it'd be nicer if he's sitting on the bench being supported. I, 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 I'm not I'm not arguing with you. I mean, even Zan can't can't. Be we don't honest. need to rub it in. Even Zan can't look me in the face with a strip with honesty and say he deserves to be playing any minutes. Texas Lands was the worst player on the floor for U of L last night, Trevor. How was he a positive? Not just the stat sheet. He had the worst plus minus of anybody on the team. Well, first of all, a, I didn't see that he was minus 18. I don't. You, I, you can say what you want to me about stats. I've never accepted the plus minus. I think it's stupid. Uh, you're not going to convince me with that. And second, I because I watched the game, I saw some positive things out of him. It's not going to show up on the stat sheet that when, when the shot clock was running down, he put the ball in the court and drove, collapsed the defense, and while missed it, that enabled Hunley Hatfield to put the wide open layup in. That doesn't show up on the stat sheet. Does it? No. But that was a positive play. I didn't. I, so take your take, take, take your, your blind score sheet looking rear end and suck it. I'll say it again. I, I did not see it. I thought he was very bad last night um, on both ends. Texas, at the end of the day, it's apparent what we need. Scott's D. Kenny's D was too soft. Bellman got the job at the room, done at the room. It did come out flaccid. Well done. We need Big Josh on the show. <laughs> he did win. Yeah, no, he wants to come on. I think uh, we bring him on and bring him in here. Yeah, we'll get a picture of me and Big Josh and see if the Texans can guess who's who. Texas, should we be worried that this is Satterfield's first time playing at Clemson? I love the left. I love the curveball here. I love. Is the it really hard left turn? Yeah, we've, we we haven't played at Death Valley since 2018. I didn't even realize that because 2019 we were on schedule. Yeah, they they came back and they played here. Yeah. 2020 we had the, the the COVID year, but we didn't play them in 2019. No, we, we 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 did. We played them at home. Oh, okay. Because okay. we were as we were supposed to. Twenty eighteen, we played them there. Yeah, twenty nineteen, on schedule, we played them here. Yeah. Twenty twenty, we have the COVID year. We don't play them at all. Oh. Okay. Twenty twenty one, they just skip back to them playing here. Oh, okay. Get, try to get back on schedule, and so now we're going there for the first time under Satterfield, which is I've, weird. The twenty twenty same with Syracuse. Threw me off, yeah. Because we, we this was the first time we played at That's Syracuse, true. It was, well, which didn't go great. So, <laughs> so now that you point that out, Texer, I appreciate it on this good vibe Thursday. Thanks, Texer. Maybe it is kind of a thing. I mean, this will be 
I mean, all the, the ACC road environments, there are some that are tough to play if you haven't experienced them yet. None more so than Clemson. So, any other, any other, at least Malik, Malik played there. At least he's got that experience. Any other first-time nightmares you want to bring up in my life? Like, you know, the first day of high school or losing my virginity? Anything else, Texter? It's a nightmare for you. <laughs> What's for her? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, it didn't last long. <laughs> 2018, because 2018 was the 77-6 to, to six oh, game no, or whatever it was. Right. I mean, it was <laughs> that was the that was as bad as it gets. But we, yeah, we, have, we have no experience going to Death Valley, which we'll see. Clemson's on the downslide anyway. We've we've talked about it. Texas says yeah, t- at least they're, they're number ten technically though. Everybody has pointed out. You you mentioned this. We, we have a ton of text now pointing out that the on the for you bar on Twitter has the Knights at Cardinals game with a picture of Chris Mack coaching, which just is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean seriously, Twitter. I mean, come on. That's just lazy, man. Yeah, it's bad. Texas says, uh, our guys play defense like high school basketball players do, and they play pickup basketball with their friends at the Y. There's too much. There is too much of the not in defensive stance, not having the hands up to contend shots. Unfortunately, defense is always the, is, the, is the least developed thing in any incoming player in college basketball because they don't teach it in high school. Yeah. it's Which is funny because they make you learn it in college, but then you don't have to do it in the NBA. <sighs> what an old man quote. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's kind of weird that way. <laughs> I couldn't believe the announcers, announcers didn't notice, but Ellis stepped out before he threw it off the Bellarmine player. The hole did it bounce they, off Ellis, didn't even matter. I th- they the showed replay the replay showed it, it was not out of bounds. Yeah, same. Like When it happened initially, when it happened live, I thought the same thing. I thought he stepped out of bounds. They did show the replay on the baseline, which showed that when he went up, he was not out of bounds. What you couldn't tell was when the ball was spiked back, Whether if, it, it, off if it hit his foot as it hit the ground, and they showed the angle from behind or I guess from the other end of the court, whatever you want to look at it. And you just can't, you can't tell the depth perception of where his foot is and the ball is. Right. You couldn't tell in the, in the film. I'll say what I, again, I was told by somebody who was on the court for U of L who was like, yeah, definitely hit it. I mean, I believe it foot. Yeah. would have been spitting in. Cause that was just a stupid thing to do. Just drive the way he did down there. Yeah. It was, we did not exactly, neither team, honestly, the last two minutes of the game covered themselves in glory. It was, it was a really fun, objectively speaking, it was a good college basketball game to watch for the most part. The last two minutes, both teams just kind of crapped on themselves. Well, I don't know, when, when did the the three by James happen? I thought that over was, a minute to go. I thought that was a well executed play by us out of the timeout. It that was good. I mean, James did a big shot. Well, it was also just the play was, and then was we, drawn out, well executed. I thought. Yeah. Then we both teams just started turning it over and taking bad shots and, and not looking great. The possession after that was a bad possession because that was the turnover that led to. To the inbounds play, but the inbounds play I thought wasn't a bad inbounds play call, and it was executed. It just didn't, yeah, didn't hit the shot. Yeah, well, I mean, we still ended the game on an 11-0 run. We just didn't score in the last minute. I just thought, like I said, I just thought that there were certain things that I think he went too late, like the token pressure and getting, making, trying to get the ball more inside to the to the to the, to the big men, not just driving and penetrating. Texas gun to your head is Kenny Payne employed in two years? I can't answer that. I, I can't. I, 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 don't, know. I don't know. I, I mean, I. I would guess yes. Is it's two years? My answer yeah. would be Russian roulette. Pull the trigger and see if I'm alive. Terry says, "Why do people keep making excuses for Kenny Payne? He's been here for nine months, and we've seen zero signs that things will even improve from the worst team in decades. I mean, come on, it's such a low bar to meet." Well, that's that's by the way, your statement's unfactual. This is not. There have been improvements. And also, he hasn't been here nine months. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think this seven. Is, Get it right. And I don't even know if this is the worst team. I mean, last year's team was pretty bad too. Granted, last year's team is being propped up this year's team's being propped up by two players from last year's team supposedly but 
And some of those last year, I mean, I know, again, nostalgia comes into it. Some of those last any crumbs teams with Nate Johnson and maybe to Tony Williams. Like, nice guys. Tony Williams had no business playing at UofL. Well, his last team was terrible. I mean, and they were... This team's bad. And so. they were just... No, I don't think anybody's trying to sugarcoat. I'm certainly yeah. not. This team, through three games, through, through two exhibitions and one regular... They look very, very bad. They look like they're on pace to be the worst team of my lifetime. I mean, but but there can be improvement. I mean, as much as I wish that we had better talent, but also, like I said earlier in the show, it's like the way this team is built, where there is room for improvement. It kind of it's kind of perfect to get this in Kenny Payne's first year because now we're kind of going to see really truly what he's made of as a coach, right? In year one, like if we had like two five star studs on this team, you you could argue, well, he's not doing, he's just not a good coach, but we're doing well because we have talent. He's got to get the town out of this team. The thing is, though, he's got to develop. You know, if it team. goes poorly, nobody's going to look at it that way. Well, then no, nobody's going to be. If it goes poorly, nobody's right. no, as bright as I am. Well, <laughs> you're going to the two factions that are already out there are just going to say the same things they're saying right now. And but they're going to say that regardless. They're they're but they're they're. Well, no, I mean, if he, if he wins 20 games with this team, people who don't think Kenny Payne was the right hire can't say anything. There's no way around that. Oh, but if he wins like if he wins five games this year, the people who are still firmly in his corner are going to be like, well, he, he did all he could. Wait till he starts getting more talent, and we're going to be just fine. He wins five games, and he's failed that test of whether he's a coach or not. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But, like you're like you're saying, we're all going to know. I'm telling you right now, there is no record that for some people are, are going to look at Kenny Payne and say, well, I don't, I don't. This may not have it. Like there are some I mean, people who are fine. so firmly entrenched that they're going to say, once he gets his guys, then he's we're going to be fine. That's listen. I, I, I'm not going to be mad. At you listen. That's how people are. They put their foot in the sand and don't want to move it regardless. And hey, that's great. I mean, that's. I think it's kind of dumb, but if that's how you want to live your life and makes you happy, be my guest. Texas, I'm sick of the excuses. This is Louisville basketball. Kenny is almost 0-3 against Lenore Ryan, Chaminade, and Bellarmine. That's unacceptable at any serious D1 school, let alone a top-six program all time. I'm, I'm tired of people acting like we were going to be bad no matter what. I mean, I don't know what to tell you to make you happy, buddy. Would you Would you only be happy if we went undefeated? I don't, I mean, I don't think that that's the response to that. I mean, I— Agree. Like, like, we should not be losing games to Lenore Ryan and Bellarmine, regardless of circumstances. I agree. I mean, we shouldn't be losing them, but we did. And then they're behind us now. Let's look forward. I also, I mean, the people who have been the most touchy about, like, you know, if you say, like, Louisville loses to Bellarmine, and they're like, oh, my God, you can't say that about Kenny Payne. Like, they're the same people who were setting the expectations way too high when he got hired. I mean, I, I... I, I came on the show. I mean, we talked about the show so much. Like, everybody was saying, if you hire KP, right away you're back. Players will come right away. We'll get these transfers, this transfer, this recruit, that recruit. This We're going to be totally good. He's going to get more out of the guys that are coming back. And I, I kept saying, like, I, I wish people would pump the brakes a little bit because I don't think that that's going to happen. And you're setting the expectation now to where the casual fan who only sort of is, is, is kind of partially paying attention to recruiting, doesn't live and die with the ins and the outs of the basketball program every second. They're hearing this stuff, and if the team comes out and they're not just world beaters right off the bat, they're going to say, we got sold a a false bill of goods for Kenny Payne. And that's what's happening for some people right now. But the same people who are telling me, like, if you hire Kenny Payne, you're back immediately. If you hire these other guys, it's going to be a slow rebuild. Like, they're the same ones who are like, how can you be mad at Kenny Payne right now? This is Chris Max. Like, like. Payne bears some of the responsibility. He has to bear some, at least some of the responsibility for even the most ardent of fans for what's happening right now and for what may happen this season. Again, I'm not saying that it doesn't mean that you can't be optimistic about the full tenure. It doesn't mean that you can't say that we're going to be much, much better in tournament good next year. But you can't just sit here and say he's absolved of everything bad that happens this season. 
because I don't no. I, I don't buy that. He's the head coach. He assembled this roster. He didn't go out and get guards when he needed to go out and get guards. He said that himself. And even with the roster that he has, should not be losing by 10 to Lenore Ryan, should not be losing at home to Bellarmine in the season opener. I don't think that that's a hot take. Texas said, I need Kelly Dickey to look into this, but when was the last time we got beat by a team that ex- played exclusively white dudes? I don't know if they keep, they keep those stats. But yeah, was, what was the great uh, Rick Pitino quote? We played four white guys in an Egyptian. Egyptian. Yeah. <laughs> he had trouble with that, didn't he? I don't think so. Okay, good. <laughs> he said it like right away, and then just that like was still he tried to keep a straight face, and then he just like started. Like, Who was that against? Little grin. I don't remember. He's like he's like he's like because he's some, the question was about running up the score or something. He's like I did all I could. Yeah, he said we put up four white guys. At the end of the game, we had four white guys and an Egyptian out there. <laughs> so my, I mean, one of my favorite Rick Pitino quotes of all time. <laughs> oh. Texas is bringing in Zan Payne. That early reminds me of when Pitino had to bring in Dylan Avar as a rotational player. Well, he clearly has something to do with Zan Payne. He's come in the same time. Dylan Avar played against Michigan State in the Elite Eight. Who's that? Dylan Avar. That's what the Texas section yeah. was talking about. Zampane's come in the same point in the game, both but both games though. New Zealand yeah. has so he clearly has. I mean, there's there's something in his mind of the, the rotation, but I just I don't get it. Because you and I we talked. I think it was the last segment yesterday where we were like, we don't want to see Zampane unless we're like up by thirty. If we see Zampane tonight, it, it should be a good thing. And then the first half he comes in, and like you had just texted me something. I'm like. Oh boy! Like, like this is this is not what we wanted to see. I think it was the JJ Trainer stroke thing, and you were like, "Really? Well, guess what? Zam Payne's coming in the game." I'm like, "No, it's not great." Um, poor Zam. I like Zam. I'm sure he's I, a I nice guy. I just don't want to play in, in the middle of competitive. I'm sure, he's games. a great guy and a superhuman being, but you know what? <laughs> he's obviously not honest with himself because if he was, he'd tell the coach, "Don't put me in, Dad." Texas says, "Is it dumb of me uh, that?" Is it telling me that Bellman's social media flex slash bragging pisses me off? I understand they have to celebrate it, but damn, it seems like I care about L's down, but that immediately associates you with BBN, so go kick rocks. No, nah, I think I think L's down is supposed to be with anybody who beats us. If we're going to brag and L's up, then, then we should expect L's down when we lose to him. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it doesn't it, – it didn't bother me last night, but if it did bother you, I'm not – I don't fault you for that either. I don't think it's you're a bad bo- loss. I don't think you're bothered by Bellman. I think you're bothered you lost the game. For I, sure. I think that's the, the core of it. I mean, every every mid major, low major social media team is going to do this when they when they win a game like that. It's their chance to capitalize. It's their chance to get national attention. Oh, They're going to play it up. We're going to get it from ACC teams. Do, yeah. we, do you remember the Georgia Tech shellacking in football in eighteen? And I don't fault them for it. I mean, but if you were a little bit pissed off by it, then that, that's fine. I, I don't hate you for that either. It's, yeah. It is what it is. Texas last night showed me a team comfortable with each other, coaches and scheme, and another that isn't obvious who's which team. Oh, last night showed me a team that's comfortable with each other and a coaches in scheme and another team that isn't. It's obvious which team is which. Yeah, I mean, Bellerman certainly looked to be the more together team. They had the game plan that was executed better. I mean, there's no, there's no, as Payne said after the game, like their coaches outcoached us, their players outplayed us. They were the better team for 32 minutes. They've let, the team that's been together too. But I mean, like I think Davenport had a great, was it before after the game when, with a great quote about, uh, you know, these guys are here because they want to be here because of that stupid NCAA rule. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, we're talking about. I love how he called it stupid or dumb or something, which I loved. I was like, don't hold back, Scotty. We're talking about us not being able to get guys because of uncertainty with the postseason for 2023. There was no uncertainty about Bellerman's fate, and they're still going out and getting guys that just want to be a part of that program. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying we should go out and get to the level of player that Bellerman's getting. <laughs> it's not my point. Well, we can't if we weren't to play Zayn anymore. 
Well, easy on the – okay, we tone it down a little bit. Tone it down just a little bit. He's never coming on the show, is he? No, I mean, nobody's coming on the show if you keep, if you keep that up. Uh, but, I think I could get lands on. No. No, you couldn't. But the but it was a good point by Scotty. Like the, the kids who are in that program are there because they want to be there. They fully buy into what they preach. And it, it shows. It's not just against us. It shows whenever you watch Bellman play. Uh, Texas, I will continue to ask why we didn't hire the cocaine guy. KP could work long term, but cocaine guy would have been immediate. I'm assuming he means Eric Musselman. Um, Musselman's a cocaine guy? That's how he's known in some circles. Uh, awesome. <laughs> we could get If we wanted to get the cocaine guy, we were going to have to pay him a million dollars more than Arkansas was going to pay him. We would have had to have paid him twice as much as what we're paying Kenny Payne. Now, It'd be a different scenario, too, because I would not have patience with Musselman losing to, to Bellerman as I do Louisville and Payne. Well, I would hope not. Yeah. But I, I mean, I would hope you. I don't. I. I, st- I don't have patience with paying losing to Bellman either. True. I mean, I, I've well, got more patience, but I still am not. I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with it, but I have patience. I mean, I'm. I'm never okay with it, but I, I'm. I'm not jumping off a bridge for it. Okay. Musselman was coaching here. I would be very angry right now. It would depend on the rod. If you have Musselman with the same rod, oh, hell, I mean, he still should. Musselman still did. There's should no, be Bellman. Yeah, because but Payne should too. But Payne at least if I he's get, who you think he is. He I'm should giving be him the crutch of it's a rookie coach. There's going to be ups and downs for him. There's no rookiness with Musselman. He's as experienced as they come. He's he would come in here and have be a little better established. I think. Texas, it's weekend at Bernie's with Danny Manning on the sideline. They need to start checking for a pulse at TV timeouts. <laughs> Was he that bad? I didn't notice. Is, is he that lethargic looking on the sideline? He you, looked, you watch the bench more than I do. It reminds me a little bit of... <laughs> this weekend at Bernie's, that's hilarious, by the way. I mean, he's not—he's certainly not as lively as <laughs> Nolan Smith. A corpse? <laughs> I mean, but it was always kind of Manning's demeanor, right? Like, like that's, I mean, you don't have to, but does he look, does he look that? I mean, I, I guess he didn't I don't do play, much. I'm gonna watch it now. I guess I just I've never been one to watch the bench during game. I'm watching the court. He, he looks a little bit like the in the pageant season with Trent Johnson, where Trent Johnson was just kind of stoic, and that's just kind of his demeanor. And I don't know if that's a thing from a, a coach who's been because I mean Danny Manning has been a head coach for the last decade and a half, pretty much. Now last season he was an assistant for like two months, and then well, he became a head coach at least again. Ten years, yeah, because he was at yeah he's Tulsa. Yeah, he then, was at Tulsa and Wake Forest when, yeah. when we were. I was doing radio. Right, with this, it's so been yeah. a long time. So he's he's used to being the guy, the guy who's controlling the. And maybe it's just an adjustment to to I don't know. Uh, but he's he certainly is stoic over there. God, Trent Johnson comparison. That's not a good sign. Well. Trent Johnson's head coach again, though. He's fine. That's not a good sign either. <laughs> Texas, as a season ticket holder who attended every game last season, we need half-price concessions this year. Good luck. Or at least 10% off beer. Texas says, Trevor, aren't you always chain-smoking and taking too many bullets? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Texas says, Cat fans, uh, can fans not learn anything from the football team turnaround and show at least 96.1 seconds of patience here? Well, the football team, I, I mean, that was more of a four-year thing. It's It was more of a pile-up thing. And also, at least they were losing to conference opponents. That's a little bit different than losing to Bellarmine. Well, not, yeah. Didn't they, didn't they Situations lose? are different. They lost to Western in this situation, in this scenario. Well, when? Stoops. Didn't he lose to Western as well? Well, we're talking about Louisville football. This oh, person I thought is saying about Kentucky football or something for some reason. No, he, he's saying the the football, the fans who were you know, wanting stat fired, wanting stat to be made mayor, going back and forth all the time. Have we learned nothing? Let's be patient with basketball. 
Yeah, it's, it's two different sports, but yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there's some patience to me to be there. And I mean, I, I'll say it. But for the, the problem is, is I'll that, say it for the hundredth time on the show. Like, I, I'm, I am saying, we need to be patient through season one. We have to be patient through season one, but we can still react to the games as they happen. The big difference in this in that scenario is that while you, logically you make kind of sense, Texas, the biggest the biggest problem is that the passion level for basketball compared to football from this fan base. When you, I'm not saying they don't love football, but when you love something less, you're being willing to be patient. You're more willing to be patient with it than you are the thing you love the most, and that's basketball. Well, I mean, I, I think there's if we're not, I, would, I wouldn't put, bring that into. It. I think the, the the difference is it's Bellarmine. It's a program that's been in D1 for three years. It's an in-city program that's been in D2 our entire lives. They should not like in Louisville basketball. Is it a? I say it again, top six program all time. You shouldn't be losing this game. You shouldn't. Hey, Bellarmine's top six to be two. What? Are they top six D2? They were before they moved up. Okay. So we lost another top 16. Which point? <laughs> Texas, maybe I'm overreacting, but so far with KP, it's been about as bad as it could go, other than getting Brandon Huntley Hatfield. He struck out on all the big transfers. Recruiting overall has been a disaster. He didn't even get a visit from DJ Wagner. And now on the court, coaching was miserable. It's been so bad. I really like KP and really hope he's successful, but so far it's been a train wreck. I wasn't that far. If it was a train wreck, we would have lost both exhibition games and showed no heart in the second half last night. I mean, it hasn't been good. The, 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 again, last year's team would have lost this game by 17. I totally disagree. Last year's team won both of his exhibition games by 45 and took care of business against. They lost to Furman, who, again, is a better team, was a better yeah, team last year. They took care of their business in the pre, because they didn't. We, well, what was a Navy win? The one win was by like, what, six? We killed Navy. Navy was like the best game we played last year. We beat Southern by 12. Um, and then the Furman game. We, we beat Navy by 17. Was it 17? Okay. Yeah, we beat Southern by 12. We beat Detroit Mercy by 6. That was a bad game. We beat Southeastern Louisiana by 26. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think they would have taken care of business last night. But, again, neither here nor there. No point in, in rehashing, but we're going to do that. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll wrap the show. More text if you want. 502-414-1450. Get the thoughts out. All thoughts, good, bad, negative, whatever. Uh, we'll take them in. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. I'm moving down this lonely road with this heavy, heavy load. I'm feeling sad and oh so lonely. 
I'm heading down this dusty track Ain't quite sure if I'll be back But sure I am That I feel lonely Final segment here of the Mike Rutherford Show Reacting to a disappointing start to the men's basketball season on a Thursday here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Reminder though, if you have financial needs, one place to go in the city is First Bankers Trust. At First Bankers Trust, they work with each client individually to help you meet your financial goals. They're not going to, you know, not going to give you the runaround. They're going to tell you exactly what they can do for you, which is a wide range of services, including investment management, trust and estate services, philanthropic services, and financial planning. For all your information about what First Bankers Trust can do for you, visit firstbankerstrust.com. Beating Clemson, beating Bellarmine, making money, doubling that money. It all starts with one word, trust. First Bankers Trust. Uh, TJ texted in, he just wanted to, to check in about the, the test, and a, a couple other people did text in about the the cardiac MRI this morning. So I'll give a quick story here before we get back and try to take some text about the game before the end of the show. Um, first of all, I don't, I don't get results back for two weeks. So you be dead if my heart explodes in the, in the, in the intermediary, <laughs> what can you do? This is like Ricky getting his SAT scores after he got shot in the alley. Yeah. I mean, what's the point of that? I mean, it's the, so the test itself is not, it's not fun. Like, like you're some, like my, my mother in law is like kind of claustrophobic. She's like, could I do it? And I'm like, no, she's like, it's like, just your head in there. I'm like, oh no, they put you, you're inside yeah. the whole tube. Like the, your whole body goes in there, and it's not a, a big tube. There's not much wiggle room. I mean, it's not that bad. I mean, there's, a, I mean, there's you, not you've had a cardiac room. MRI. Yeah. Oh, you have. I've, I've been in the CAT scan. Well, CAT scan's different. Oh, okay. I went to yeah. CAT scan. Okay. This, this is different. CAT scan too. I mean, it's I'm somewhat claustrophobic, and the CAT scan tube is a little it's, it's borderline, but it's at least roomy. I I've mean. had two CAT scans. This is word. This is very tight. There's no wiggle. Room. Okay. Plus, you're like you're holding. They make you hold on to stuff. You've got all this stuff on your chest, so you can't move anyway. Um, it's very close quarters, and you're in there for an hour and a half. They tell you two hours. Oh yeah, cast casting like 20 minutes at most. It's an hour and a half. They did give me the contrast too, which is always a a weird taste and a weird feeling, but they, they put the whole time you're, you're asked to hold your your breath like a hundred different times. There's this weird voice in your headphones. I'm going to hear it when I go to sleep tonight. I swear. It's like, it's like, breathe in now, breathe out. You hear that during cast. Now, please hold your breath. Please resume breathing. And I'm like, well, at least he's saying please. I appreciate that. <laughs> at least he breathing still. <laughs> the best part is you know, they give you music. And the, the nurse is like, we, we use Spotify. Do you like? We've got it set up on like 70s, 80s rock, which I guess is the vibe I'm giving out these days. She, she's like, <laughs> you clearly were a young man during the 70s and the 80s. I'm like, no, I was not born. But thank you for that. I, I'm like, that's fine. I, I, I don't know why I didn't pick something I wanted, but that's, that's fine. But they, they put the headphones on you. And the music is so low. And the first song that they have playing is appropriately enough. It's like Every Breath You Take by the police. <laughs> so they're telling me about all like what I need to do to hold my breath. And they still have – I don't know why they, the machines have to have these sounds. It's kind of like when you watch a, a tech movie, even in 2022, where they're like doing stuff on the computer where they have these like beep, bonk, beep, bonk noises. You're like, no, no computer operates like this. we got to hack into the mainframe. You like, see Matthew Broderick walk out. Exactly. Like, like, it's like, war game. So I don't know, but like the machines still make these noises. And they're, yeah. it's so insanely loud, sounding like you know, 90s Xerox copiers that, that are about on their last leg. Is the recruit sitting in a fax? Yeah. So, <laughs> so like I'm sitting there. You know, you've got the headphones on, and it's like Sting. It's like, every breath you take. And then right over, it's like, and it's it's a funny scene. I couldn't help but like laugh as it's happening because you can't concentrate on the music at all. But it was uh, it was it was it was not fun, but not the worst thing in the world. Took about an hour and a half. Got out of there. Uh, 
got lost in the parking lot. That was cool. That was great. That was that was fun. But uh, all went well, and hopefully. What are some of the worst songs they can play in there? There were some like I didn't know many of the songs. I was like, like, why did like, I pick this you, music? Like, like if you get in there, like you're like, I I will survive. If I'm like, Every breath really? you take was kind of a weird start. Cause like you're already like uncomfortable in your surroundings. You're not used to it at all, and it's this very just melancholy like. I feel like it was in some sort of like horror movie. He get there, he starts playing a little Citizen Kane, like I've seen better days. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was interesting, but uh, glad it's over. Hopefully the results are good, but I will uh, I'll let everybody know we'll if know I'm gonna in die. A few weeks in a month. <laughs> in two weeks, I'll let you know if I'm gonna die. Uh, it take two weeks to really come up. I mean, I mean, this is a weird. It's a very. It's like the biggest, most comprehensive heart test you can have. Like they, I, I they stopped it a hundred times. They, she said she took like thirty five hundred images. So. If there's something wrong, they'll find it, which is I good. I still find it. I mean, I don't know. I just can't grasp why it takes two weeks to, to get a result for that. I mean, Medical critic Trevor Kelsey. I just listen. You, you make you make all that money for and you earned it for going through school to get that white coat, but you're telling me I gotta wait two weeks to find out just a result from a test. I mean, come on, dude. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Texas says it's kind of hard to argue that this hasn't been a train wreck so far. It doesn't mean that he can't turn it around, but even recruiting, which was supposed to be the one guarantee, has been really disappointing. It depends uh, where your expectation was for recruiting, but yeah, I guess. I think everybody's expectation for recruiting was was sky high because I mean that's that's what he was sold as. That's that's again, we hired a coach who'd never coached a game. There's a give and a take with that, and the give is he's going to get you players that you've never gotten before, and. I'll say what I'll rehash a quick part of the spiel from the beginning of the show. One of two things has to happen in the months immediately ahead. And that doesn't mean that if this don't happen, it doesn't mean that we can't be successful long-term, but people are going to start to get impatient if these losses pile up. Start. Yeah. So, but even the ones who now are kind of like, eh, you know, I'm holding out hope. I'm going to try to be patient. They're going to get more and more impatient if we're like, you know, two and nine going into to late December. One of two things needs to happen. Well, I will be the product on the court needs to get, better there's no no way around it. it has to get better guys have to improve we need tangible evidence that kenny payne can get the job done when he gets better talent around does, two, does better hold on. consistent go together two he's got to get guys there's, there's, there's no way around the talent level is not what it should be right now if he doesn't get aj johnson in the 2023 class he's gonna have to kill it in the transfer portal. he's gonna have to do what he couldn't do last summer last spring and kill it in the transfer portal we've got to have more horses on this team next year there's there's no other way to say it Talent level has to improve. Product on the court has to get better. Talent level has to improve. And that's the main goal of the next six months. Has to happen. I think there's talent on this team. It just needs to be It's got to be better. Texas Bellarmine legitimately looks like a high school team. They have some decent players, but that embarrassing uh, to see. It was embarrassing to see that team line up and not be able to beat them off of length and athleticism alone. I think that's racist. (laughs) I don't. I mean, they're smaller. They're a small team. Texas is like, uh, that can't be right. I've seen Chicago Med, and they get MRI results in the same shift. Amen. Just like Trevor, basing everything off of TV. I mean, I'm not asking you to get it within the hour by the end of the commercial, two-minute, two 20-second commercial break, but to take two, silly, two weeks, I mean, I'd be like, okay, then you know what? I'll pay my bill in two years. Yeah, that's not the way it works. It does Te- for me because I'm still paying on mine. Texas says, expectations aside, recruiting dudes in the back end of the top 100 and beyond ain't good enough at a program like Louisville. We should be getting studs. We need studs or it won't get any better. Well, then you have no faith in your coach if you think you have to have studs. That's the Calipari effect. Guy can't coach, so he has to get greater But well, we players. don't know with Kenny Payne. Though. Exactly, like, we don't, though. 
and the reason why we still signed up for that, I don't know, is because we knew he was going to get players. There was every single person said the one thing you know is he's going he's going to get guys. We have not gotten guys. Well, not necessarily true, untrue, but I mean, it's kind of weird head rush. We did. Welcome <laughs> to my world. Yeah, we do. We have gotten guys, but I mean, just maybe not as not the guys that we thought we were going. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. Texas says uh, Trev would pay his bill in two years, regardless of the timetable for results. Dead. Yeah, he's lucky two years. No, I, when I had my gallbladder out, they 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 gave me the option of like the lowest minimum amount to pay per month, and it's like fifty two dollars a month. Do you know how much my bill was for my last surgery with the gallbladder? Stuff? I don't want to know. Well, close to fifty grand. Oh my god! I did the math. I'll be dead for like twenty years by the time they get the rest of that money. <laughs> Good luck, guys. <laughs> Texas, the bumper music is horrific. Well, it's just a theme. Get over it. Texas says, don't compare this. Satterfield <laughs> wasn't losing to FCS opponents. Yeah, he's he's beaten who he's supposed to beat for the most part. We just haven't beaten enough teams we weren't supposed to beat until now. I don't know. Have you watched Boston College play football this year? Yeah, that's true. That's they're, they're pretty FCS. I mean. Texas says, I lost all faith in that game when Zan almost missed the rim in the backboard on a wide. Poor Zan. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to get on the court, Zan? Accept the heat. Texas, my point, Trevor, was that last year was the worst team in decades. KP took over and somehow made it worse. All we wanted was a slight improvement. What improvements have you seen so far, Trevor? I think I've given you examples. If you want to go back and listen to the early part of the show, I don't want to reiterate it because we're like it's clock. But no, I mean, I'm not saying that this team can't be as bad as last year. I just haven't seen it yet. Ugh. And we didn't know that team last year was going to be as bad as we knew it was until I mean, we didn't know it this early. We no. knew there we knew there'd be some hiccups. We knew that clearly watching the Southern game, even though we won that game by 12. We, we, me, but I remember yeah, they, they didn't look good. Yeah, but we had no idea it was going to be. But that was when we thought that we still might have a tournament team. Yeah, this, the, 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 the team took a disaster turn. I can't remember where it was. I had to look back at it. but The Paul was where I knew, like, this wasn't going to get better. Because the hope. I mean, that sounds about right. I just look at the calendar because I can't remember exactly when it was. The hope at the time was when Matt comes back. You know, it's going to solve things. We're going to get better. And then Matt came back and we got worse. Well, no. I mean, we got. No, when Matt came first, came back to the, the NC State road win, though? Yes. And you thought, like, the things are turning around. We came off the Bahamas run. Well, no, his first game back, we lost to Michigan State. Oh, yeah. but that's, And then we beat yeah, NC State. And then we lost yeah, to Paul. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And then things got bad. But we didn't. We, we, didn't, we dismissed the Michigan State game because we thought they were going to be better than they were at that time. For sure. It was a road game, and yeah. Um, as hindsight, though, for you. I know. Uh, apologies to everybody that we didn't get to on the text line. It was a big day. What are you going to do? Um, we'll, we'll do the best we can tomorrow to get to more thoughts. But tomorrow, at least, I mean, I know people still are going to want to talk about the Bellarmine game, Bellarmine game a little bit, but tomorrow is Friday. We've got Clemson on Saturday, huge football game, and then we have another basketball game to get excited about uh, in Wright State. So there will be plenty of discussion. We'll also have a women's basketball game to react to. We've got NFL tonight. Falcons. Good lord, this week. Panthers. Is, this week gone by just so fast because of all the sports. Because all all the stuff's happening. We've had so much going on. I, feel, I mean, it's Friday already. I feel like yesterday was Monday. Uh, tonight, Panthers. Uh, Falcons. Whew, man. Not gonna, I mean, it could be a fun game. I wouldn't call it the prettiest game, but it could be a fun game. Their last game was fun, entertaining. It wasn't the best defense, but it was entertaining to watch. It was just two weeks ago. Uh, what's the line? I have no idea. It's in Atlanta, I think. Right. It's in Carolina. Oh, okay. Well, because the last one's Atlanta. Um, Give me the Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons. I don't know what the line is, but I'll say if it's anything, take the Falcons in three or four. But if, anything, if it's seven, take the uh, Panthers. Also, Louisville women's basketball, 7 o'clock tip-off tonight against IUPUI. It's their Thanksgiving food drive. Bring a canned good out to the Yum Center if you're making it. If you can't make it, you can hear all the action on our sister fire. station, 970 WGTK. 
Go Cards. Beat Ooey Pooey. Ooey Pooey going down. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 3 o'clock. But sure I am But I feel lonely When I get back home to Phoenix And the kids come rushing out With their hands up to their daddy And I hear their mama shout Hello John, it's good to see you Welcome home, how have you been? Are you tired from the journey? Well don't worry, come on in I'm moving down this lonely road with this empty air.